Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. live we are joined today by joshua zakoff and to kind of set this up a little bit usually just jump into it but to set this up a little bit uh there's a youtube channel i gotta give them the shout out called delafe testimonies and joshua was on there twice and shared his story and i kind of came across it and i was like this story is certainly one of a kind and certainly a very powerful and moving one and I mean, first of all, dude, Joshua, to bring you into this, like super cool that you're able to get this vulnerable with the darkness that you experienced and went through in your life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate you having me on. And, and you know, I, I truly believe that the things that we walk through that are difficult or, or whatever are for the benefit of others at some point uh, in some way, shape or form. And so I, I believe I've always been a big believer in vulnerability. I think that there's a lot of power within that. Um, you know, like we all go through stuff, going through stuff. And and, and I, I think a lot of times pride keeps us from sharing with one another. You know what I mean? So that's that's oh, all I, I want to do. Know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, that's a huge reason I even started this podcast was I realized the power of vulnerability and the power that really has into it. And even as like men and you come across as kind of a more masculine man, too. You know, you got the beard, your, you know, history, your quote unquote street cred, let's say, and to even kind of just hear you talking about vulnerability, it's, uh, it, it's, it echoes, it's, it's sentiment, it echoes what I've been trying to put forward here. So what a perfect guest other than yourself. Yeah, yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. So it's a wild story. And I don't know how much I really want to disclose. And I kind of want to just like leave it on your behalf to bring up what feels called to you. I know the beginning of your story kind of started with drug addiction, you know, um, I'm not sure exactly which word you use, but kind of mental illness in a way. And it, it was always very fascinating to me. And this is something we've discussed on the podcast before with mental illness, where it's like this border between like crazy and I'm going to put genius in air quotes, mm -hmm. where it's like you're kind of seeing this other side of reality that maybe the general public doesn't see. But I want to leave that as like a little teaser that we'll kind of get into as we kind of progress through this. But I mean, let's just start off like what, where, where in your mind does the story start? I, I feel like you usually talk about the age of 14. So mm. I, I kind of want to leave it open-ended for you to start the story where you believe it started. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it starts around that time was when the, the shift began. But, you know, like just very quickly, you know, I, I was raised into a, a good home. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't I wasn't rich, wasn't poor, had both my parents, had a, a very good upbringing. Um, nothing, you know, crazy, you know, traumatizing or anything like that happened um, around. But I did have uh, severe like anger as a child, like even like seven, eight years old. There was this underlying um deep like rage and and almost like I didn't know how to process emotions or something like that maybe and so um like I started scratching my face when I was real young and I would have these like anger out you know rage outbursts that were a little bit more uh significant than just like an average seven-year-old having a ta uh, tantrum you know what I mean um but when I was when I was around I'd say I think I was eight or nine uh, I went to Puerto Rico and, and I got I ended up getting molested by my cousin and um he was he was a little older I think he was 
14 or something at the time. And, and, um, I remember, you know, some things happened and I remember feeling like this strange atmosphere, you know, even as a child, like this strange atmosphere was present where I 100% knew this wasn't normal, but also it's like, this is my older cousin. I'm a trust. He like, this is, I guess what happens kind of thing. Right. And so, um, I, I never thought of it afterwards. It wasn't something where I would ever, and I, like literally until three years ago, I wouldn't have told you that, that affected me. Um, it was probably though, once I was around like 11, 12, I started identifying more with like remembering that it started coming back up. I forgot it for a couple of years and then it started resurfacing. And along hand with a few other things around the time I was 12, I started getting deeply depressed without knowing what depression was, you know, and um, at the, that point I had gone to therapy a couple of times for my, my anger that I had. My mom had taken me a few times. And, and so I had this deep depression that was kind of there pretty early on. And um, and again, it wasn't like something that I knew what it was. It was like, you know, like every, you're a normal kid. Like I played sports. I was a normal kid. Um, but I remember being like, I wonder if other people go through this like like this heavy feeling that i have like is this normal like i started to feel that you know that when you're a kid like the richness of life and like you know like like all that stuff it seemed to like start dissipating and it was like i felt that like leaving me and 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 i had no idea what was going on but i remember just being depressed and uh, around the same time around you know a little before i turned 13 i tried smoking weed for the first time and man it was like everything in my life clicked. It was the missing piece. You know, it was like, I, I thought I was the best version of myself. I felt like I was funnier. I felt like people wow. liked me more, you know, it was like, it was this, this clicking piece. And so basically from that point on, um, weed was like, that was like everything to me. You know, I remember telling my mom, like, all I want is just someone to leave me in a room with weed un, you know, unlimited weed and just everyone leave me alone with weed and I'm good. And you know, that was all I wanted. It's a crazy wish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're 13, I guess you you know what I mean. You, you got limited minds or something, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that was like, I mean, that was it for for years. And then I started getting into uh, um, around 15. I started getting into psychedelics. I think I did acid for the first time, and I did mushrooms for the first time. Uh, and those opened me up to a whole new, it was like weed for the second time kind of thing. You know, like at that point I did like ecstasy a couple of times, you know, I did, I tried a couple of things and it was like, cool. But when I did the mushrooms the first time it tapped me into a whole new, you know, consciousness, a whole new level of thinking, a whole new perspective. And I'll never forget that just shattering my, my perspective of life. And, and so I was deeply like, drawn to that after that and and more so for the spiritual reasons i wasn't even spiritual at that point i had no you know um language for any spiritual stuff at that point i was baptized russian orthodox you know i went to church but it was like god wasn't talked about in my house it wasn't pushed on me it wasn't it was just like you know something you do on sundays kind of thing and so what what is is russian orthodox a branch of christianity yeah, it's 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 sort of like um Catholicism a little more like it's it's um they stick to like the you know like Russian Orthodox is more so like the they try to stick to the the Orthodox traditions of it and so there's some things that is is different within you know your your typical Christianity in America um and so they they stick to some older traditions and at least they they that's what they say they're they're doing you know um and so I just remember it being real boring sure. you know like these real long services and and music and <laughs> speaking in Russian and stuff like I it just wasn't you know never 
I never gravitated towards it. There was never anything there for me that brought it to life. And, um, and so, you know, um, going on when I was 15, I got sent to a rehab. And when I got sent to this rehab, um, I started getting into Buddhism and, and because, you know, I was, I was in the very like, you know, like just rough place. It was the first time in my life where I felt like I was kind of on my own, you know, and, and, and I was 15, I'm in this, in Utah, uh, the first like two months I was literally in the, the Moab desert, you know what I mean? And just like the, like the middle winter, just hiking in this wilderness program. And man, it was like the most liberating and empowering, you know, experience, but it was also at the same time traumatizing because I was 15, you know? And so like a little 15 year old kid, you, you think you're older at that, you know, but I, I, I felt like I just got thrown to the wolves in a sense. And I'm just with people I don't know and, and having to you know, make fire by myself. And if I don't, if I can't make my shelter, then I'm a freezer. You know I mean? That's kind of how it felt. And it was like, dang, you better, <laughs> you know, so I got this, this sense of really looking after myself. Some shit out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'll never forget, man. The very first night out or for, they send you to a base camp for a week to like, just teach you the basics. Like I had to learn how to bow drill, how to make a shelter with the tarp, you know, like these basic survival instincts. Uh, and then, uh, they, they send you to a group where you guys basically like, we would hike five miles every day, then camp, and then you'd hike to your next food drop. And so it was kind of like that. And I'll never forget the first week that they threw me in the camp, like with the, in the movement, uh, they had like the worst storm they had had all year. And it was like 60 mile per hour winds. So like negative 30 degrees at night, you know, it was like these, this crazy storms are having this bl winter blizzards. Brilliant. And, uh, Dude, I'm the first night. I remember I tied my little tent or whatever. My hands numb, couldn't even tie my knots. And uh, dude, I got my tent and my my my, my sleeping bag, and then just blew away. Like a gust of wind came and just blew the the shelter away. And dude, I just lay there and cried. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like, this is not happening right now. Uh -huh. I, just, I just curled up a little ball, just went to sleep. <laughs> you know, I was like praying. I just woke up frozen or something. You know, but um, yeah, man. So dude, it was it was it was that interesting. Traumatizing in itself. Yeah, it was cool though, man. I, I'll never forget that experience. It was pretty. It was pretty cool to be out there and hiking and stuff like that. Um, but 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 you know, I, I well, went to, to back, huh? To back it up, to back it up just a little bit. Where so you were fifteen? I kind of want to just like set the stage a little bit more too, because you said you were fifteen when you went into rehab, and so I'm kind of curious. Like, was that your decision? Was that your parents' decision? Did you like because because you were going through this like time of not sure if everybody else was in the same mindset of you, right? Like this mm -hmm. darkness coming in. So was there like a, a moment where there was like a switch that was like, okay, there's something a little bit off here where I do need to go to rehab. Like, was there a moment that kind of clicked for you or was it someone else saying, Hey, I think you should look at rehab. No. So my mom, you know, and my dad, my dad had a bunch of alcoholism on his side of the family. My mom, she had, I think, six or seven sisters and the, and a lot of them dealt with um, mental illness and addiction. And uh, so when my mom mainly started to see that I was like smoking weed, she found out when I was like 14. When they found out I was doing that, um, obviously, in my, in my mind, every kid's doing that in high school. You know, I might have been a little early off starting, but all my friends were doing it. I didn't think I was doing anything crazy, you know what I mean? And uh and so the more they kind of worried, the more I kind of rebelled, I guess, or you know, fought it. Uh and then I remember my mom took me to a, a, a like a psychiatrist to get a, you know, evaluation or whatever and and I had to go to like the the little psych ward to get an evaluation and all this stuff and do all this testing and and they had the, you know, they they diagnosed me with bipolar disorder, um manic depression and ADD. 
And after that, you know, you don't realize it at the time, but at that point, I think you, you subconsciously, uh, identify with that. You, you wear that, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I have this, these issues, For sure. you know? And so, um, I think that's when I started realizing whether I admitted it or not, like something's wrong with me. You know, I started feeling like, man, something's wrong with me. You know, all my other friends are like going out and doing this. And I feel like I'm locked in a psych ward on the weekend, you know, <laughs> like get, you know what I mean? I started to feel like something's not right here, but, uh, I didn't think anything was, I was doing anything crazy, you know, at the time. And so it was a combination of me acting out, them worrying and trying to be good parents, you know, like they, they were just trying to help me, you know, um, but you can't help people when they're not ready for help or they don't even see there's a problem. So, so it was, it was their choice Learned to send me. Yeah. 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 We all do. Um, so yeah, that was, it was their choice. But when I, when I went to the next part, it was a year long thing. After two months, I went to another program that was in St. George, Utah. And, uh, there was, I was, this doctor had me on some like high dosage, um, uh, ADD medicine. And so it was like, it was like an Adderall, but an Adderall on steroids. It was like a very, like they stopped using it in the sixties doctors that when I came home, like, I don't know how you got this, but anyways, I'm on this, which gave me this severe focus. I learned how to draw overnight. You know what I mean? I was <laughs> I, I could draw on it now. I can't draw. I don't know what happened, but the, wow. you know, they, uh, you know, I got into the it. Drug, I guess it was a, it was a power, a powerful drug, man. It taught me how to be an artist and everything. Yeah. But they, um, I got, I found this book. It was, it was a Buddhist book and, and I read it. And I remember when I started to read it, it was every, all my, my mushroom experience and everything. I think I only did mushrooms once until that and acid once at that point. Um, cause it was like right after I had, you know, found it or experienced it. And I remember everything in this then, book. Was it primarily weed? Was it primarily weed? Yeah, it was mostly just weed. Me, yeah. And then I tried, you know, I did like some cough syrup. I did, you know, like little, little kid stuff. I drank a few times, never really cared for drinking. Um, and did like ecstasy. It was, that was about it. It was mostly just weed. And then I had just started to kind of, uh, you know, try other things. And, um, gotcha. so when I read this book, I'm like, dude, this is everything that I felt on, on the mushrooms. So I'm reading this book and it was like the ideologies behind it. And, and I guess the, the, the view of life in a sense was lining up with my mushroom trip. So the same stuff I was kind of starting what, to think. What view would that be? Well, there was this sense of like, we're all being, we're all one, you know, like love is the, the ultimate truth in life. Um, there was this sense of, of uh, being connected was the main thing that stuck out to me. I remember being on the mushrooms and feeling so connected to everything and everyone. I felt tuned into other people's emotions kind of thing. Um, and then it was this this sense of, of zooming in on life as far as seeing the beauty and like the most basic thing, like, oh, look at this leaf. And, you know, in, in normal mindset, it's like, oh, cool leaf. But on the mushrooms, yeah. I was like, dude, this is the coolest leaf I've ever seen. You know what I mean? And and so Buddhism this is the fucking universe in a leaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the Buddhism kind of started to, I guess, support that. And I'm finding the same kind of, you know, things with whether it's, it's karma or um, whether it was, you know, the eightfold path and all these things. And I'm learning um, and I'm like, oh, this is backing up everything that I experienced. I said, this is it. And I, and I remember, you know, and for no apparent reason, I was so turned off towards religion. So when I'm reading it, I'm like, dude, this isn't even a religion. I'm like, this is sick. This is just a way of life. And so I got really into meditation. I got really, in, I mean, I was in a rehab. I had nothing to do. So all I was doing was reading Buddhist books and meditating all night because I this medicine that gave me had me up all night. So, you know what I mean? I had nothing to do but sit there yeah. and, and meditate and read and stuff and draw. And um, so I started to get really into it. Uh, and then when I came home, man, I was a different person. I really was. I remember 
just being so turned off towards everything that I thought was cool before. Um, all my friends were like, dude, I don't know what happened to you. I was, I was different. I think part, it was definitely traumatized or something definitely changed in me with the combination of the, I think the medication, I had psychosis. I thought there was, I started to feel like demons were after me. I started to think demons were friends with me. Um, so I started to have a lot like sincere psychosis. Like I'd stay up at night with a knife and, and think, you know, demons were trying to kill me and people were in my house. So it was like, it was some serious stuff that was happening. Oh, and I didn't, yeah. And I didn't tell anybody about it. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of like dealing with it privately. Um, and I came off that medication. And, and so then in a mind, just for my kind of clarity, you're, you're on this medication, you kind of discovered Buddhism. And so you're meditating, I'm guessing while on the medication as well. Yeah. And then you get out, were you in rehab at this time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then you kind of progressed out of rehab. And once you got out of rehab, is that whenever the, the demons entered the picture or was that while you were still in rehab? No, it's actually funny because, um, I was, I was in rehab and I started having, I don't know if you ever had sleep paralysis. Um, I started to have sleep paralysis one time. time. Yeah. So I started having sleep paralysis in the rehab. Scary shit. Yeah, dude. And so it was crazy because, um, it was extremely intense and scared me, but it was also extremely profound and intriguing. So it was like kind of, you know, it's like you see a horror movie, like you kind of close your eyes and look at the same. It was like that. And so it would happen. Yeah. (laughs) And it was crazy because there was no vision to it. I would wake up paralyzed. Um, but then it would feel like someone's hands were in my brain, dude. It was so weird because, like, I never experienced like this before. I'd be dead asleep, just like in that frozen, like you know, void of a place, but fully alert and awake. And it would feel like somebody's hands were like twisting my brain, like um, like a sponge or something. Uh, I had it for like a week and a half straight. Where there was another one where it felt like someone was like drilling my. I mean, it physically hurt, and I would wake up to myself like screaming in pain. Like I physically could feel it. Like someone were, um, doing surgery on my brain. It was it was really weird. And so I'd pray like, "Don't let this ever," you know. And I didn't at the time I wasn't praying to a specific God. Just kind of like you know, God, uh, just don't let this happen again. And I remember it stopped. It didn't. I, I didn't. I had it like three nights in a row, and then I, and then I prayed that, and it stopped. And then I remember the next day I was like dang, I wonder what happens if I stay in that state. Like, I don't like that fears like ruling me right now. I said, I wonder if, if next time it happens, I just don't freak out and just sit there and see what happens. And so it came back again and it just got worse and worse. And like, you know what I mean? It just stayed in that state of pain basically and didn't progress from there. And so I'd freak out and, and manage to get awake. And then one night uh, it happened, but this time there was a vision with it associated with it. it was the first time i had any vision so in the dream i'm seeing they had night guards that sit by certain doors so i always had one by my door and so i'm looking at the night guard lady and she's wearing the same outfit everything is exactly let's, as- one sec let's back up here a little bit so I, i'm not 100 sure what you're saying by night guard my perception is is that sometimes when you go into like a sleep paralysis you'll see like kind of like shadow beings so is that what you're kind of referring to oh no 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 i'm saying in the rehab in the rehab, there was oh, people that oh, would like okay. like night staff, and so they would sit at the door. Like there was like you know five or six of them, and mm-hmm. they would sit at certain doorways. And there was one that would sit outside my door, and so oh, I okay, saw gotcha. her, and she was wearing you know certain clothes and all that. And in the dream, sleep in the sleep paralysis state, I looked over at her, and she was wearing the same outfit. Everything was as it was in reality. So I'm thinking oh, okay, I'm gotcha. awake. So we're- yeah. We're back in the rehab. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, this this because you were asking uh when it started or whatever, and I was saying this is when it started. Right. 
So I this... lost my own train of thought. <laughs> no, no, you're good, man. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Mushy Love. Mushy Love is a latte type blendable mushroom caffeine free elixir that honestly tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll and i know that you're going to find that on their website but it's honestly true it's stacked with more than twice the amount of mushrooms as any other mushroom latte and i know that there's one in particular that we all think about which kind of starts with the word mud but this one blows that one out of the water i highly highly recommend if you even try that one to just give this one a shot and i promise you that you will not you will not be sorry because i just uh it's so good it's honestly so good and i want to get to a place where i can actually just they send me these all the time for free so please go and buy it because if you buy more then they'll start sending me more and it's just honestly a win-win because it tastes amazing like even in water so even if you're cutting even if you don't want to like put milk and or coffee with it you can just do it plain in water and it's so freaking good guys go click the sponsors link below scroll down to mushy love buy your pack today remember promo code clayton promo code i can't even talk right now promo code clayton at checkout for 10 percent off your purchase mushy love mushrooms shouldn't have to taste like mud give yourself some mushy love you're good uh and so anyways i'm looking at this lady and i'm thinking i'm in real life and so i'm looking and i go to sit up and look at her and all of a sudden this big blue like demonic creature jumps up dude like right in front of my face and it looks at me and it says you thought i would leave you that easy you know basically because I, I prayed like oh leave like stop and it said you thought i'd leave you that easy and and dude i i freaked out because it was just it was so real right and like and um and so that was when it started yeah. um that was when it started and i started to feel like there was spirits in my life like i mean i just started to feel like there was other entities around me i started to feel like i was connected to to like the spiritual realm i remember there was a kid at the wilderness part he he was like a uh this kid had all types of stuff going on, but he had uh, he was like a psychic or whatever or some sort. And I remember he did like a palm reading on me and he told me, he said, you're a gray walker. And I, to this day, I don't know exactly what that is. I've tried looking it up, but he basically said, he said, you're a gray walker. He said, there's going to be um, a time in your life where you have a near death experience. And after that, uh, he said, you're going to start to be able to communicate with with um, with the other like the you know spirit realm. And so I remember that what came to my mind. I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm starting to have these, even though the almost dying part didn't happen. I'm like, I feel like I'm starting to connect. So that stuck with me for some reason. And um, and so that's when it started. And then when I came home, uh, it just was progressing. And I, I definitely do think a lot of it was the medication. However, I know that, dude, like those effects didn't like a part of me changed for years. I mean, like over a decade where I was just not the same person anymore, dude, like something shifted at that and that rehab something my whole personality changed i used to be extremely like outgoing and you know like uh class clown type of kid after that dude i was like i was going to school before anybody got there you know what i mean like i, I wasn't talking i was just very introverted after that that experience and um and so that that kind of happened and um do you feel like it scared you do you feel like it scared you or something no no i think uh it just i don't know man i think it just just i think i got exposed to just a certain level of life that kind of sucked the childhood out of me it had nothing to do with the the um spiritual stuff 
just a just a, my whole perspective on life shifted to where I'm like, dude, all these kids are caring about like Jordans and parties and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to find the meaning of life. You know, like like I would like sit in class and be like, you know, yeah. I wasn't you know, I still love my friends or anything, but I'd be like, dude, these kids care about stupid stuff, you know? And, and that, you know, like I was like, <laughs> I don't know, like just my mind was like, I'm thinking about Buddha and I'm thinking about like meditation and, and, you know, like I, I'm thinking about these other things. And so that's what I mean. It just, my life, I got a lot more serious, I, I guess. Gotcha. Like I, I lost the, the innocence of, of just being a it's like high spiritual, schooler. spiritual maturity or something. Yeah. Something just woke up in me where that's what I knew. Like life was about this. And, um, and so, but that didn't change the drugs for me, you know, like to me, drugs were the, the gateway, not necessarily the gateway to get there, but they were a tool to get there and specifically psychedelics. And so when I came home, um, I, I started smoking again. Um, and I, and I was like, all right, I need to start tripping more. And so at that point, um, just basically began when I was 16, just so little preference. So so I come home at 16. I come home at 16. Uh, I was graduating early because I did in the rehab, I did a bunch of independent studies. So I'm set up to graduate. I mean, I'm like a, a junior and I'm getting out at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, you know, I, I was about to graduate early. And uh, so at 16, I get in my first legal trouble. I, I get my, you know, I, I have, get a weed charge or whatever. Puts me on probation. And, um, I end up getting locked up for violation. I go back to school the next year. Get arrested. I got arrested literally the first day of class because I had ran away from home, and so I was on the run for like the last couple weeks of summer. And I knew. I mean, I was like, whatever. The police didn't come get me, and I, and I went and I just got my GED. I was like, whatever. I'm just done with school. So I got my GED. Now I'm, you know, 16. I'm out of school, and um, and I basically, you know, I'm I'm going down this path, and I end up starting to do painkillers. And so I, at 16, I started doing painkillers. Before I was 17, I, I had started shooting up heroin, basically. And so from there, it began, basically, I'll just say from, you know, 16 to 25 was just um, this endless, restless search for truth while simultaneously fighting this severe drug addiction, mental illnesses, just I'm not medicated just i mean just a full-blown just wild ride and and i don't know how much you know detail of what times i want to zoom in on for that i don't know if there's a certain like if there's certain questions you have right now to kind of anything you want me to zoom in on i mean the one thing that's coming to mind pretty clearly i guess is to like understand what concoction i guess of drugs you were experiencing at this time right like what did that timeline kind of look like because i know there's a lot of there's a lot of moments to dissect throughout those 16 well, i mean 16 to 25 but like what did i mean and maybe this is probably a good part just in general right even you could start at 14 if you'd like of like when you started trying each drug when it kind of came into your life right like you started with weed at 14 and then you did that until 25 you know do you kind of see where i'm going with this yeah, to yeah. Like lay that landscape of what medications and recreational drugs you were doing throughout this time frame? Yeah. So by the time I was 16, I stopped taking Medicaid, like doctor medication, right? Because I, I remember I was taking mood stabilizers and depression pills and all that. And I'll never forget, I got locked up in, in you know, JDC or Juvie or whatever. And I self-requested to stay in my cell for three days. 
Like this, th- these medications made me feel like a zombie to the point that I decided to lay in a cell for three days rather than, and when that happened, I said, I'll never take medication ever again. Like I literally just, I, I just felt like a dead, dying animal. Like you see these lines have their spirits broken in the circus. You know what I mean? That's how it felt. And I said, I'm never taking medication again. And so at that point I stopped taking, you know, doctor prescribed medication. Um, but at 16, when I started doing heroin, at 16 is basically, I opened the door to everything. Like once you stick a needle in your arm, it's like everything's open for, you know what I mean? It's like, it's all fair game at that point. And so at that point it was like, I I was doing whatever came to me, but weed was like, weed started slowing away. Once you get a, a opioid addiction, that takes priority. And so the weed is kind of just a bonus. But so the main thing was like, you know, Xanax, uh, and, and painkillers, heroin. That was, and this was when it was real stuff, not you know the fentanyl stuff. So that was the main thing. Uh, but psychedelics to me were always the like, I always wanted that. You know, like like that was something I was always pursuing for my spiritual life. Like on the side, uh, of, you know, I'm still maintaining this seeking thing spiritual, spiritually. And so, um, psychedelics were definitely like always hand in hand with it. Um, the, the opiates at that point, really, it just, you know, when you get to, to a point where it's just, you just do it to function. It's not like you're really like getting high, like after, after pretty quickly, you're not like out there, like getting high. Like I just needed it to function in life and not be sick. And so that, that, you know, I just felt normal at that point. Didn't feel like I was on anything. I just know I needed it, you know? And, um, and so that was pretty much the main thing, you know, but I had seasons. It was kind of like, you have different seasons for things, right? It's like, I had a two year period where I was like doing a lot of PCP. I was smoking heavy dippers. Um, and that was, I mean, that was a crazy time period. I had, you know, some angelic encounters on that and some crazy, you know what I mean? Some, some weird things happen on that. And, um, and I had a, you know, season of, I think that was really the only thing I dove into heavily um, was PCP around like 2011, 2011, 12, 13, that time frame um was pcp was pretty heavy um but other than that it's just like you had a party someone offers you coke cool but it wasn't like i I would never go buy coke like you know i mean i never cared for coke it was mostly just weed psychedelics and and you know heroin that was my my main thing you know and i drank a little you know here and there i'd I'd binge drink (laughs) but that that's pretty much it you know yeah and so where my mind's going is is like this is something that i am completely unable to relate to i've never gone as far past the psychedelic rabbit hole Mm -hmm. um so i i can't physically relate to it where i my mind kind of goes with it is to think about you know people who usually you see on the street who are Mm -hmm. you know kind of talking to themselves and it seems like they're talking to someone else that's right beside them yeah and it sounds familiar to your part of the story where you're like i had encounters with angelic beings because it's always kind of struck me and we started off the podcast kind of touching on this which is like the where's the line between crazy and genius and Mm. in my experience with psychedelics i always kind of saw that there was this veil that was kind of getting lifted from me right i was kind of peering into the spirit realm if you will Mm -hmm. and i always was curious of if that's almost what people who are quote unquote crazy in our society are actually looking into so now that you're at where you're at in this path, like looking back on it, do you believe that 
I, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I guess my current belief is, I'll phrase it this way. My current belief is, is that the drugs have pulled the veil of consciousness of this material world from their eyes too quickly or too soon. And they're not able to mentally integrate what they're seeing. And, you know, that, I guess that's my kind of my belief currently. Do you mm -hmm. feel like that's accurate? Would you put any amendments onto that? Do you feel like that's not quite accurate? I know. I think it's absolutely, I, I would say it's accurate, but I think there's more to it too. I don't think it's that simple, but I think it's definitely a, a part of it. Um, I mean, I'm a very firm believer in demons. I'm a very firm believer that there is definitely evil energy, spirits, whatever you, you know, I mean, there's evil out there. I believe that there's devils. And so um, I think it goes hand in hand. There, there are situations where I think people really do get plagued by, by demonic power and they get um, oppressed by that, twisted by that and, and just um, tortured by that really. Um, but then I also think there are situations where you're engaging with that realm and not having, like you said, the, the mental awareness or the spiritual awareness to integrate everything. For example, I'll give you one example. I think like with a uh, spiritual discernment, one thing that you, that is pretty common within it is a lot of people think they're going crazy. If you're growing in spiritual discernment, you could think you're going crazy. And the reason why is because when you're picking up other people's stuff, you start to not be able to understand what's me, what's others. And I know I started dealing with that when, like when there's been seasons, God's kind of had me in like more spiritual discernment and you have to really know what's in me, what's like in my space and what's, you know, cause a lot of us live deceptive where we think we, you know, but there is stuff in us, but then there's also the other end of it where, all right, what's in, what's in my space. And now I know, okay, when I go out, this isn't coming from me. You know what I mean? And so a lot of people, I think, that are dealing with it's kind of similar where you start going out and you're picking up things and you have no it's just this big mess of a ball kind of of, of consciousness or or um, messages frequencies whatever coming to you and you don't know how to navigate or sort it out you just kind of internalize everything as you and i think that leads a lot of people to thinking they're crazy thinking they're hearing this seeing that you know what i mean i think that is another aspect to it so um i think that that's fair um and like I and said, I think, you know, I think that's something you can see. You can even see that outside of drugs. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I've even seen it even in myself. It's kind of interesting if I want to take on like a personality trait. I think one that I was focusing on recently was like being more definite, being more knowing in what I'm saying, as opposed to mm. this like kind of quasi in the background. And I was pulled by source, by God, by spirit to watch more of suits it's a mm. i'm not sure if you're familiar with it but it's a show about lawyers and everyone in it is very like definite they're very cut and dry they're very mm. much in their knowing they're in their you know masculine knowing and i found it so fascinating because the more i watch that show there's not all the qualities i want to take on i'll put that caveat out there but the more i watch that show i could feel that it was like this more alignment with myself there was this yeah. more like resonating with that frequency if you will and i'm sure you probably felt that the more you read these buddhist ideas the more you meditate the more you consume that information it almost like aligns you more with that that given path yeah i know it did because and, and like i said in this in this time now so like you know i i get deep into the buddhism stuff obviously as drugs picked up in my life it wasn't like i was as faithful as meditating as I used to be, but I always, that, that, um, that mindset was permanently imprinted on me. 
so I'm still like flowing in life from this perspective, from uh, you know, a Buddhist or, or Taoism, Taoism mindset or whatever. And and I kind of been seeing life through that filter. But um, so the psychedelics to me were my little getaway to go to that place. Um, and and so I would definitely I would always see them together. Like I guess is that that's kind of what you're saying is like it would it would um, they would they would feed each other for me, I guess. Yeah, I guess I was, yeah, I, <laughs> I think it took it on like a little side thing, but I think the main point was, is you were bringing up about how the discernment of what somebody else's, you know, BS or what's someone else's stuff and what's mine. And I guess I was kind of showing that corollary of if you actually want to take on a trait from somebody else, you know, the idea is, is that you would surround yourself with them more. Okay. Right. Okay, As okay, opposed okay. to, you know, like, yeah like in, okay no i, I miss i misunderstood what of, you're saying i don't want to get too pro- oh sorry. yeah, yeah. I, I, sorry sometimes my brain works in weird ways where it picks up different stuff so it <laughs> it may have gone down a little weird track there yeah no 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 i get what you're saying now yeah just surround yourself with something you you want in your life basically yeah sure yeah and like yeah if whatever direction you want to take it you know if you're around people who are for instance doing a lot of weed doing a lot of different drugs then you're just going to associate that with being the normal yeah 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 for sure and i think um you know that was part of the frustration in my life is i felt like um man i've really always been a spiritual seeker since i was like 15 that's really what i've been about and there wasn't a lot of that you know it's it's getting a lot more popular now but you know 15 years ago i was 15 um there wasn't really, I mean, it was probably popular in certain areas, but just not where I was at, not in like my stream of friends. Um, but I remember Personal. whenever it, it started to become, uh, and it definitely is true to this now, it's it's kind of like this spiritual aesthetic, you know, it's like a fad. And I, so I remember when the like, you know, peace sign, hippie nirvana, like stuff was going on and it was just an aesthetic. It was just like, you know, uh, a cool fad or something. And so it was like this... Uh, it wasn't real spirituality in, in my in my perspective. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, yeah, we trip on acid and you know get groovy, dude. You know, kind of thing. Like, uh, yeah, um, it was like surface level. Yeah, it was very surface, like surface level. level. Yeah, and, and and so like, I, but I was interested in doing like the work of like really like d- diving into this thing and really you know changing and evolving and and um and and really like I I wanted to be a vessel of of like peace and and make a difference in the world like you know what i mean like that's where my mind was so when i was tripping with people they more so wanted to do it on a party level like um recreationally and i was kind of always wanting to find other people or um a way to make it deeper um and so i i think that there wasn't a lot of people um around me that that were more spiritually invested um and so that that definitely was a lack where most of the people in my life were just just getting high to get high and you know so yeah and and i think um because i i do want to get back to your story because it's yeah and we're barely scratching the surface of it in my opinion but yeah yeah i think one question that's been kind of coming up for me is what maybe if you have a timeline of your thoughts on this idea or what your current idea is now of like the idea of reincarnation. Oh man. Do you uh-huh. believe in it? Is it yes? Is it no? So yeah, for me, I don't believe in reincarnation. Um, I mean, and we'll get into this. Uh, I'm a Christian, you know, and, and so I, I do believe that we have just this one life 
on in this planet. You know what I mean? I don't believe in reincarnation. Um, and you know, I used to believe in it and I know I've definitely seen some, you know, moving testimonies of stuff like that. I mean, I, I get it, you know, but at where I'm at now, I don't, I don't believe that we reincarnate. Okay. I'm, just to I'm get, you know, just to give you your story yeah. plays out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I, it seems interesting with how, um, you know, it, Maybe we should get back to your. Let's get back to your story before I die. Yeah, we into can get into all this. That's and that's why what I'm I figured. interested on your thoughts on that. So yeah, yeah, no, that's what that's what I okay. wanted to kind of get. Let's then some, save that for the end. Yeah, we can get into all okay. that. Um, no, so and and I'm not trying to spend too too much time on my story for those reasons for like if you any of that kind of stuff. Um, so basically though, so when I was around 2021, 2012, um, I'm doing at this point. I, I had been. I had started doing DMT a lot, um, or not want to say a lot, but I had started pursuing, you know, it wasn't like I could just find it every day kind of thing. So I, anytime I get DMT, I'm getting DMT, doing the psychedelics. I started going to psychics, uh, started doing like Reiki because I was going to massage therapy school. I had a, one of my classmates did Reiki, so she would do Reiki on me. I'd give her a massage. Uh, I had another friend doing Reiki. Uh, I'm getting more into these these other spiritual things. I'm playing Ouija boards just for the hell of it really you know and and, um and i'm getting deeper and deeper into i guess uh just another like kind of i felt like i was splitting in two like i was living in two realities almost and um i remember though but i'm going my life is getting darker and darker like my heroin addiction is just starting to get like really toll like taxing um one of my best friend child best friends childhood best friend uh, died in a car accident on the way to see me and I was drunk driving like you know double the distance he was driving and he ends up being you know so that was weighing on me like it was the only person I felt like was like my true like friend brother that I had you know he died the year prior just a bunch of dark stuff is happening I just had a baby I'm eight you know I had a baby at 18 so I'm like this kid with a you know kid and just like my life I was like if I, I felt like I was just looking at my life like this didn't happen like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you ruin your life before you're 25 kind of thing? That's kind of how I felt. And I, I remember sitting on my porch one night and I was drinking and I was like, you know, like, I'm like, dude, I'm done. Uh, you know, I was like, and, you know, I have had suicidal tendencies up until this point. I would cut myself and I had the, this stuff was always there, but I never thought I'd have the balls to like act on it. You know what I mean? It was kind of just something you'd think about and fantasize about. But I remember this specific night I just said, I'm done, dude. Like I... I really just don't care anymore. Um, I just don't want to be here. Um, I've done all these things to try to like better my life and to like, I don't, I, I just feel like I just keep getting deeper entangled in, in darkness and it just sucks. And and so I just got up really nonchalant. Honestly, it wasn't emotional. I just said, yeah, I'm done. And I, I walked to my house. I, I got a, uh, a microphone cord and there was a, I lived on a, on a battlefield. And so there was civil war posts throughout my, where my land was. And it was this like 20, 22 foot cliff. And then it was a creek that would pass around my house. It was like, like half my house was on a cliff side and then the other half was flat ground or whatever. And so the cliff side, there was a fence and then it was a little drop. And then it was like a little creek and then it broke off to a stream. And so uh, I remember I just tied the little, the, the cord on the, the fence post, tied the other end of my neck, sat there for a second. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. And uh, I just said, all right. And I walked over to the end and I just stepped off like, um, wasn't thinking really, I, you know, I just, I just did it. And uh, I remember 
the intensity of like once I felt that cord pull and my like body weight like ca- like that that catch that first split second thought was oh crap like that like this was a mistake you know it was just like this wasn't the right move um and then next thing i know it was, it was i was out like that was that was the last thing i remember but then it was like i was i found myself awaking in a dream is what it felt like like kind of similar to sleep paralysis or somewhere i found myself waking up in another state um but i i'm completely unaware of myself or what i had i had done time space like like i'm just uh, uh conscious in this other reality right and in this reality though i'm cold i can't move and i feel like i can't breathe it felt like something's around my neck and i'm sitting there like trying to like move i can't even you know what i mean I'm, I'm i feel like i'm stuck but i have no idea why and out of nowhere i start seeing this light out of my peripheral vision start moving towards me it wasn't a big light it was like you know a smaller light but it started moving towards me and when it got i don't know like maybe 10 yards away or something all of a sudden i just felt whatever was on my neck not i and again i didn't know what it was i just felt whatever pressure was on my neck just kind of release um and then next thing i know i'm popping up and i'm in the water it's the middle of december january so it's it's winter time and so it's freezing cold and I just get up out the water, I pop up and I realize I'm wet. Everything hits me. What had just happened. So I climb up this little hillside and I'm like, just like, what did I do? I'm a mess. I mean, I'm like bawling. Cause I'm like, dude, you really just did this. And like, you know what I mean? And so I'm like connecting the dots, like, put like, what the heck did I, like, it didn't feel like it was me that made that choice basically. You know what I mean? Like felt like something took me for that ride. And, and, um, I'm like sobering up like real quick, like, holy crap, dude. Like, and, um, the crazy thing is I looked and the cord still attached to the fence. So it like, it went double the length. It's still tied to the fence. It was still tied to my neck. So I'm like, it didn't even come untied. And I'm sitting in the bathtub, like drinking wine and, you know, listening oh, wow. to some sappy music or something. <laughs> and, um, I remember, dude, I look in the mirror and I have purple all over purple marks, like deep purple all over my neck. And I'm like, man, what did you do? And, but something hit me at that point. And the reason I share this story is because it was such a huge turning point. As far as at that point, I knew two things. One being that there was a God, there was something conscious that was up there that was aware of me outside of me. Like I was like, there is definitely something I already believed in the spiritual, but I thought it was just like, you know, just another dimension. And we're all just we're all us, but in another dimension as well. But I was like, at this point I knew, Oh no, there's something that was like above me that knew me, that saw me, that like protected me. And then two, there was a reason, like there's a reason for my life. I don't know what it is, but at that point I knew there's like a destiny. There's something saved me for a reason and I have no idea why. Um, and so after that point, like the idea of suicide was pretty much crushed in my life. Um, However, drug addiction, mental illness wasn't. And so from, you know, I think it was 2021, something like that. From that point until I was 23, I just, I mean, it just got darker and darker and darker, really. Um, But again, I'm always pressing into the spiritual side of life and trying to figure out why I feel so stuck. Um, And then I ended up doing a year and a half in jail. Uh, This, I had, you know, gave drugs to this girl. She overdosed. I call the ambulance. She wakes up. They give me, you know, distribution charge. And um, at that point, I was 23, I think. And uh, 
so I get locked up for a year and a half and and I I at that point life hit me like in the sense of like all right dude something's got to change and so I'm like at this point I'm radically trying to figure out how I'm going to live differently like I'm very um you know intent on change and so I was like man I don't know what to do I've done everything as far as like I did all the spiritual stuff that I knew of um and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I, I get out and I'm just like, all right, just stay off the heroin. You know, like just just stay off the heroin. And I think that you'll be good. And so for the next 11 months. step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, like when you're an actual, like, you know, when you're in addiction like that, your your like your um goals or you know like your um your bar of uh success is very low you know so it's like i just wanted to not do heroin i like to me i was like i'd just get drunk on the weekends you know just hook up with girls and that'll be my new thing um so anyways i i do that and, and but i think there's i think there's probably a really strong thing there which is that that focusing on that like small step right focusing on that small first step of Okay, I'm just not going to do heroin. Yeah, and yeah. then it seems to me, and we haven't gone through your story, but then it's like adding like that next little step that will kind of take you to where you're trying to go. Yeah, yeah, I think, and that was the mindset I had of like, just don't do this, and then things will work out. Just don't, do, you know what I mean? And that that was what I was thinking, and it worked in part. It did. It it worked in part. I started going to like a church, and like I didn't really really have any faith or any belief. I just like went because I was like, man, I'm just trying to like do something different you know and so i was just trying to do things differently um i got on suboxone you know i i tried i tried to pick up drinking you know it wasn't my my thing uh but that was really it and i started slowly building my life back in the sense of like i i moved out of my dad's and got a, a basement uh i got my restricted license little things that were big accomplishments at the time and so i'm feeling good like man my life's starting to come together but the other thing was that i i, I was you know i'm still a, a drug addict like i'm you know what i mean like i i'm always finding loopholes to be a drug addict and what i mean by that is i'm going to the doctor now to get xanax and so now i'm I'm not taking heroin but i'm i'm taking suboxone and xanax and blacking out every day and you know going through weeks of life literally blacked out you know like doing things like dude i, I, I got this apartment and completely forgot because i did it when i was blacked out i didn't even know i had an apartment so i came to three four days later and thought i was homeless you know what i mean and I, <laughs> I didn't even, like I did. That's wow. how, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know I had that's a place crazy. to live and I'm like, dang, where am I going to go? And I was talking to my dad. He's like, Josh, what about your, what do you mean? I helped you move your bed over there. I'm like, what? How, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a crazy thing to like, not even know you have a house, bro. Like that, that I was just gone, just losing my mind. As, and, um, and so I was blacking out all the time and, and then all of a sudden everything stopped. And within a matter of three weeks, I lo- I wrecked two cars had two charges out on two bonds or, or driving on or driving on suspended a DUI. Um, I lose my job and then I lose my, my basement that I'm running out and end up homeless. So it was like, I'm climbing this hill doo, 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 and then everything just crashed to the lowest low that I've had. So I end up homeless and now I'm just oh back at gosh. the bottom. <laughs> yeah. And it was, so it was pretty crazy because it just what felt like, what's your, yeah, what's like your spiritual practice looking like during this whole thing? Are you meditating? Are you um, studying the Bible? Are you still in Buddhist? What's what's that looking like? So at this point, I, I basically I was going to church. I was trying to read the Bible. It wasn't working, dude. Like that 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 you know lane wasn't working for me. I, I was trying it, 
but nothing was really happening for me. And, um, but then neither was nothing was happening in the Buddhism either anymore. It was like, cool, I get it. You know, it, like that's kind of how I felt. I was like, cool, I meditate. Like, where's the power for me to stop doing these drugs? Like, where's the power for me to actually like be, be make better choices? It was kind of like, I have all these cool ideas and these cool theories of life and the meaning of life, but it's like, what does it matter if you can't stay out of jail? <laughs> like, so that's kind of where I was at. Like, I don't, what's it doing for me at this point? It's <laughs> like, it's not. Yeah, it's like, it's cool to, like, I could talk to, you know, and I'm, I remember I used to have so much pride in it in the sense that, like, I would love to, like, go out with girls and drink and, like, talk about this deep stuff. And you know what I mean? And and it was, like, cool, but it's not changing anything. It sounds cool, but you know what I mean? It sounds deep, but um, that's kind of where I was at, where I was just, like, I don't, I kind of gave up on it. You know what I mean? Like, I was just doing stuff, and it's, like, I tried that. It didn't work. Um, And, uh so, I mean, at that point, though, my belief system was whatever you believe is what's going to happen. Like that was my so my whole belief and understanding of the universe was like, whatever mm-hmm. you believe is reality. Very much what what Buddha said, something about, uh, you know, but whatever you believe you, you shall be like it was that was basically my mindset on on all that. Um, and so it's just like, yeah, whatever you believe, cool, that's going to be a reality when you die. Um, and then so what happened, though, is towards when I was, I was homeless. And by the time I, when I was homeless, I was, you know, I was still trying to stay off heroin. I was doing everything but heroin basically. Um, and what started to happen though, was I remember some lady came up to me. She's like, God said, you need to see him, which was very strange. I've never had anything like, you know, something like that. Just a random person. It was a coworker, you know, it was this, there was this, this Spanish lady that worked with, you know, but she never talked to him. She just did her thing in the bat in the cut and just, no, you know, she never talked to anybody. And then randomly, just one day, she's just like, hey, um, God said that you need to go see him. And what was interesting about that comment was that I was going to church like three times a month um, up until like two months prior. So I had, you know, I was like going to these churches and then I just stopped doing that. So it was kind of, it was just the timing of it was like, that's kind of strange. Um, but I'm like, yeah, tell him he needs to see me too. You know, like, like where, where's he at? I've been trying to get a hold of him. You know, it's like, not pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it was crazy. But, I, but what was wild is then I went to a AA meeting and I remember I sat down in the chapel. I said, what's up, God, I'm here. And I opened a Bible and I started like reading it and it was like, cool. I remember I read some things and I was like, that this stuck out to me. And it was like, cool. You know what I mean? But that was it. And I went to, to my tent and slept back in the woods. And, and then I went back a week later and I opened up to the exact same verse. You know, like I just I just rushed and relented it and I opened up to the exact same verse. And I'm like, because I don't read the Bible, really. I'm like, dude, I just read this last time. What's the chances of that? And so I started to really like kind of think about it. And I'm and I'm reading it and I'm like, dude, this is exactly what I'm going through right now. Cause it's it's talking about how the the um death encompassed me. You know what I mean? Uh the chains of death ensnared me, all these things. Do and I'm remember, like, dude, it was do you Psalm eight verse. I could pull well, it's, it up. It's, it was uh, Psalm 18. It's I mean, it was like the whole the whole thing, but in the beginning it's talking about it's like death encompassed me. Okay. You know. Yeah, and it's and and so he's talking about how he basically is surrounded by death and how he, you know, he called out to God and, and God heard him and come and saved him. And, and so that's what it was talking about. And what was interesting is that um, at that point, I started to have a lot of supernatural experiences in the sense of I had always had um, actually, let me reverse. Let me reverse real quick. About six, seven months prior to that, I remember I've never had a bad trip. Like I was I was faithfully every psychedelic besides probably peyote 
uh, and ayahuasca I had done. You know what I mean? Like all the research chemicals, all the acid, all that stuff. I did it all. And um, and I got to the point where I was like, I was IVing. Uh, I was getting liquid acid and IVing it. And um, and it started to get... Wow. Um, I never had a bad trip, but what happened was one night I was with my friend and we were, and we're tripping and I went to bed at like six in the morning, you know, I'm up, we're up all night and I go to bed and, uh, I, I wake up in a sleep paralysis and my room is getting, and this happened like two months prior to the same thing. So what started happening was I started having sleep paralysis where demons were like coming in my room. And what was interesting is that every time it started happening, more and more would be there. So it was like every time I'd have these dreams, more demons, they were getting uglier. Um, and so I had this dream where like these demons were filling my room and, uh, and I'm like trying to get up cause they're like coming, like looking like they're about to get me kind of thing. And so I finally wake up, I go downstairs and my friend's sitting on the couch. He's like, dude, he's like, I just had to wake up and pray. He's like, I just had the most demonic dream. So me and him, like at the same time, we're having this like demonic dream at the same exact time. You know what I mean? It was, it was kind of crazy. So little things like that started to kind of just look at me where I was like, dude, what is with this evil stuff? Like, cause it was kind of out of nowhere. I never, you know what I mean? It was kind of like this, this dark stuff started popping up. And and so then uh, I had this overdose and when I'm back, fast forward to um, I'm homeless again, this is after the, the, the lady and the, the Bible verses and stuff. And I had an overdose in the woods and I go out and in the overdose, I'm in a hallway and there's demons on my left and my right. And I'm walking down this, this hall and I'm, I'm following one and it's, we're walking to this big door, but I'm so caught up in like, where the heck am I right now? It was again, the same thing. Like, uh, you're in another realm that's just re- as real, if not realer than this one, I'm fully alert. Like, where am I walking through this, this place? And I'm so caught up with where I am that I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. So I'm just kind of following suit, just looking around like, what the heck? And we get to this door and this demon says, uh, it says one more step, you're almost there. And it turns around and it looks at me with a smile, like, gotcha. You know what I mean? And I remember I said, oh, hell no. And I turned around and I woke up and I was in a pool of sweat, like soaking wet. So that happens. Uh, a week later, I go to Pennsylvania to see my grandma. We get, uh, I go out to the bar or whatever. I come home and whatever. I'm about to go to sleep and I'm sleeping with my uncle. And, you know, we were sharing like this big mattress thing and, and, um, he had American pickers on the TV. He's already asleep. I go to lay down and I start feeling sleep paralysis. The only difference is that this time, uh, I could feel like something was trying to get in me. It felt like, like I was feeling like in specific places, I was feeling like an energy and like a, a darkness penetrate specific parts. So I'm feeling like little things were trying to crawl in me and I'm like this, like trying to fight them off, but I'm, I'm paralyzed. And I remember, dude, I'll never forget. I'm watching American Pickers. Have you seen that show? Yeah. It's like yeah, the yeah. two guys that drive around in a van and they go yeah, to like yeah. random spots and pick up a bunch of people's stuff. Yeah. So I'm watching yeah. that show and, and I'm like, but now I'm in sleep paralysis. So I'm hearing the show. Next thing I know, these guys are talking to each other about where they're going to go, except their voices change into a demonic like frequency like that. You know, you think of a typical like that low, like it changes into that that frequency of of speech. Yeah, yeah. It changes into that. They start talking about me. They said, yeah, his name is Josh. He's from Virginia. We had to destroy him, bro. And I'm wide awake, 
but I'm in sleep paralysis, so I can't get up. But I'm hearing this, and I'm like, "What?" And they're ta- it's talking about me, and I start fighting it. Next thing I know, I like I shoot myself off the the bed. I wake up the whole house. I don't even because I don't hear myself. I guess I was screaming, crying. They said my dad said he's like you were crying out, like screaming, like. And so I wake up everybody. They come downstairs. Like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm good. I'm good. I get back in bed. Well, now this time when I go back to lay down to go to sleep, all of a sudden I'm hearing voices in my head telling me to kill my uncle. And I'm sitting here like, oh, what? Yeah, because I'm like, what? Why am I like? I something's telling me kill my uncle. And while I'm I'm talking myself out of doing it, I'm finding myself getting up and doing it. So I'm like, no, that's crazy. While I'm like climbing out the bed, I'm like, I would never do something like that while I'm going to do it. So now I'm standing over him and the voice is telling me just crush his head. Like just just like like as if I had the strength to do that, like just pop his head. And I'm standing over there. I start moving my hand towards his head and he just pops his eyes up looking at me. I'm standing over him. I can't imagine how much that freaked him out. You know, um, And he's like, what the heck? What are you doing? He gets up yeah. and he just like leaves the room. And so I go back to sleep. And so all this stuff starts happening. This is all happening very quickly. You know what I mean? Like in a short period of time, this just just spiritual stuff is happening. And I'm like, what the heck is going on, dude? And I remember, I'll never forget having the feeling of like, your your end is coming. That's how it felt. It was like, you're you're about to die soon or something's going to radically change. It's going to change everything. Like those are the only options. Your life is done. It's it's out of control. And um, And so about a week or two later after that, I'm at a hotel. I'm about to go to, I'm like, I'm going to a rehab. I'm getting, doing something. Well, I'm like, I'm going to do heroin one more time. So I get some, some heroin and I'm in the bathroom and the girl I'm with at the time I was dating. She's even, I remember she told me, she's like, just please like, just don't, don't. you know what I mean? She told me, anyways, I go in the bathroom. I'm like one more time. And, I, but I have this sobering moment, you know, there's, there's times in life, I think, you know, and this is a little side comment. There's, there's, there's moments that, that ego death, that like humbling, where you just realize you're just like nothing in the universe, right? Like, like this, just that, that great humbling that we, I think everyone needs to experience. I have that moment in that, that time. This episode of traveling to consciousness is brought to you by the official traveling to consciousness app available on the iOS and Google play store. On this app, you're going to get exclusive content from articles to meditations, to anything else that Clay is going to put out. Here's the also where you're going to find the only place to find the ad-free versions of the podcast. You're also going to be able to get the podcast at earlier dates than normal, the free release version of it. So the Traveling to Consciousness podcast app, I highly suggest that you download it because it's the only way that I suggest that you listen to it. And what's even better is that the company is always making updates. So please let me know if you personally have a recommendation and we can get that in there. So remember, download the Traveling to Consciousness app so that you can get early releases, you can get the video format, you can get it ad-free, and so much more. But I come to myself at like the end of myself where I'm just like broken and I just like so sincerely, I just said, God, I said, what do you want from me? I was like, this is all I know. I said, I'm looking at the needles. I'm looking at the dope. And I'm like, dude, this is all I know. This is all I've done for for 12 years. Like, I don't know anything else. I said, I've tried to go into church. I tried doing the meditation. I'm like, I tried everything. I said, I don't know what you want from me. Forgive me. And I started saying the Lord's Prayer, and that was the only prayer I really knew from going, you know, going to church as a kid. And I started saying the Lord's Prayer while I'm tying my arm up and finding my vein, and 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 so I I say that, and then I, I do the shot. Well, I, I 
I knew that I was an overdose because I had overdose like five or six times at that point. And so I, there's a, there's a split second of a feeling. And also there's a, you know, uh, uh, um, what's the, what's the word? A, uh, initial, uh, intuition, right? There's like an into, I knew, I knew I was doing too much. Um, but there's right. a pride associated with addiction where you think oh, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. And so anyways, I, I feel that and I get up and I run out the door. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm in an ambulance. I guess someone had found me on the third floor and, and you know, called and, and so, um, they arrest me for having, you know, the needle and everything. And, and so I found myself in jail, man. And, and that was, I, I was only out 11 months. I had eight years over my head. So I'm waking up in the jail. Like my life's over. I'm on suicide watch. They, ha- I mean, it's just like, it was like the hell of all hells. It, I'm going through crazy withdrawals. I'm in this little cell. It's freezing cold. And it was almost like for the first time in my life, all my junk was in front of me. You know, it was like, all the consequences, there was no running from this. It was like everything that I had sowed into my life was just like sitting there looking at me in the cell. And it was just like, dude, I'm done. Like, I'm thinking my life is over. I'm, I'm already thinking, I'm like, all right, I might get out in five years. If You know what I mean? Like, I'm already like thinking about I'm going to be here for five years probably. Um, and I remember I just said, God, if you're real, I'm I'm ready. I was like, I'm done with the bars. I don't even want to have sex. I don't want to do anything. I said, I just want to be a good dad. I just want to be a good son. Like, I just want to be a good boy. That's all I want. I don't, I, I'm done with everything. I don't, like, you know, I just said, just please help me. And so at that point, I started to go to a, um, a Christian, it was like a Christian um, podcast or not podcast, um, um, <laughs> um, mod that's what i'm thinking mod pod is a mod uh, christian mod and so when i go into that uh i just i don't know man i just was like what else do i have to lose i started to like listen to speakers and mind you I, like a weekend i literally told my friend i said dude i'm out of here because there was one of my friends that was a good friend from the street and i might do this place is whack bro i said i'm not trying to join no cult i said you know like they're sitting here like reading scriptures and praying <laughs> and all this i said i'm not i was just trying to find some like peace you know <laughs> And I remember he was like, dude, he's like, it gets better, bro. Trust me. I thought the same thing, but give it some time. And and I remember around that same, you know, within a few days of that, this voice spoke to me that I never heard before. It was it was like a thought, but it wasn't mine. It came, it, it came from left field, kind of, right? And it just spoke to me like and said, What um, why don't you just try? And it challenged me in the sense of like, what else are you gonna do? Like, why don't you just try in this for once? You know, like don't just give it some your your effort. So I started to listen. I started to read the Bible. I started to pray. And dude, I'm going through withdrawals for like over a month at this point. When you say something, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about that try because you mentioned earlier that a couple things. Number one was that you had tried everything that you mm. were that you like had found right, and I think. I think at one point earlier, you also mentioned how you, uh, it was something about trying, like you, you're trying to get better. You were calling out. So what, and maybe re rephrase that if I misquoted you there, but like, what was different about this idea of trying? Like, cause there seems like there's something there with, with this voice saying, why don't you just try? And like, it feels to me like you were trying before, but it sounds like there was something different with this voice. I think it was, it was more so just in that in that place. Like, why don't you just try to apply yourself to what's going on here? It was more of a, um, 
why like what else are you gonna do why don't you just like here you're here just try to apply yourself to this try to open yourself up to this try to you know um be receptive to what's going on here and so i think that's more of what it was like why don't you just try to be where you are you know what i mean like it's because i was i was trying to like dodge and and i'm in jail you like you can only go so many places but i'm already like trying to like oh i'm out of here i'm gonna go to this pod and it was like why don't you like you're here just try to be here you know and instead of moving and avoid you're like trying to run from it so that's kind of what it was um but i started okay. you know I was, yeah it makes sense um like almost this like state of acceptance it's like like i'm here and i need you need to try from where you are as opposed to trying from where you're trying to go yeah i think yeah i think it was um but it was also towards the program because i'm like t- telling my friend like i don't want to be here you guys are waking me up early so it was like why don't you just try to actually submit to this program just try to submit to what's going on here and that that, that was what it was mainly gotcha um and so you know i started doing that though i just started listening and and Dude, I can't even tell. Like, like as many times as I talked about this, I can't tell the day. There was no moment. It was like, but it was over the course of like two weeks, um, where I was like reading my about here. So here's the crazy thing. Right after that, there was like a time of the day where you just sit on your bunks and and just be quiet, right? You weren't, but you weren't allowed to sleep. It was like this hour where you just had to either read or like pray or something, right? And so I'm sitting on my bunk and I'm like, what am I gonna do? I'm still going through withdrawal, so I'm not feeling too hot. This guy comes up to me and says, hey, bro. He's like, do you want a Bible? And I'm like, sure, man, whatever, you know. So he goes and gets me a Bible. And, dude, I open it up. <laughs> I open straight up to Psalm 18. This, So this is three times in a row. I just rush no. and let just, yeah, dude. And I'm sitting there like something about that <laughs> wrecked me. Dude, yeah, like I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, there's no way that I was opened <laughs> up to this. Because I already, at this point, I already kind of knew. As soon as I started reading it, I said, oh, my God, this is the same exact one, right? So. Um, so that really like got my attention. And so I just said, you know what, whatever, I'll start praying with these guys. I'll start, you know what I mean? And, and so I just started doing it and it was like about two weeks into this, I just started to feel full. Like I just, for the first time in my life, man, I just started to feel like full, um, with peace. Like I just started to have like this acceptance to the point where like, I think my life is over. I'm literally like preparing to go do like three, four years in prison. You know, I'm like, my kid's going to hate me by the time I get out. I just left for a year and a half. She's not going to know me. So I'm like, my life's, but I'm simultaneously having more joy than I ever had in my life. So I'm having all this peace. I'm going through withdrawals, but I'm also more peaceful, more just completely like not making sense. And then after that, that lasted for, you know, a week after that, it was like, I started to change. And that was what really got my attention. I physically and just overall, my heart literally just started to shift into something that I never knew before. And what I mean by that is you're in jail. Most people, they're sitting there talking about drugs. They're talking about girls and hookup stories and and this and that, you know, war stories. I would be sitting at those tables and, and whereas before I might make a joke or a comment that was very much like me or, you know, like very much something I would say. And when I would say it, it would feel like I was trying to be somebody else. And I'd be like, that's not me anymore. Like there was this shift, this conviction mm-hmm. that I was like, and I'm looking around, I'm like, dude, this is all, these are dumb conversations. I don't want to be that anymore. And I'd be on the phone with my girlfriend at the time. And I'd be like, I don't think I want to have sex when I get home. Um, don't make me choose between you or God, or, you know what I mean? Cause you're going to lose. Like, and, I, and I'd be saying this stuff Whoa. and not, even, but it wouldn't even be like, it was me saying, 
Like it was like something in me was rising up and I'm just finding myself just changing my desires, my, my dreams, everything's changing. And I'm like, what is going on? Like I'm looking in the mirror sometimes just like what's happening to you. You know what I mean? Like it was freaking me out. Like, but it was, it was sincere. And then I started to notice. And this like, was dude, all just from reading. Was this all just from reading the Bible? Was this all just from like meeting up with that group? No, it was like, yeah, it was like, I mean, it was a combination of just being in that place. Like, so there's no, you know, I don't have my cell phone. There's no distractions. Um, and it was like, instead of sitting here wasting time talking about this stuff and watching movies or whatever they're doing in the jail, playing cards, I was like, I'm just going to read my Bible and pray. And I'm going to see if, the, I'm going to try. I'm going to see if this really does something. And it was over that time, it started to sit in me and then it started, a desire started to grow mm -hmm. to where. Dude, it was like I wasn't reading the Bible anymore because I, I had to or it was something to do. I literally was like hungry for it, man. Like it was like something in me was like, I want to read more. Like it was just it was it felt like it was just fueling me. And then I, the the real shift came when basically I would pray, dude. And when I would pray, it would feel like like I'd go and pray and it would feel like I was tripping. Like, but it was pure. It wasn't like I was having visuals. It that that like that just like bliss and joy and like uh, stuff that I used to have on it would what it reminded me of on mushrooms and stuff that like la I would laugh like I was tripping and I would just be filled with like so much joy and I'd be geeking and I, I would just feel that I would be like whatever whatever and, and I would pray to Jesus and then I would feel this like wave of love just drop on me like it was like a, a cloudy weight or something would just come on me and dude, I would be, I'd be like, hi, for like 30, 40 minutes at a time. And I was like, so that made me cut one because I'm wow. still like, yo, I like this. <laughs> so I'm praying more, you know, every time I pray, <laughs> I would feel it. You know what I mean? I'm getting high. Jesus drug. <laughs> no, that, I mean, like, and that's Jesus. really what it was yeah. <laughs> at first, you know? And, um, but the thing about it was it was different because I like, for me, like psychedelics and stuff, it always had something negative with it in, in the sense of some discomfort before some type of anxiety come down, something right. like Right. Like there was always something there that was just murky, but this felt like just a pure, like shot of just like life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it was just, it felt so rich and so pure. And like, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. Um, and so dude, it was just after that, it was like, it just, I took off with it. And so my life changed at that moment. Everything about me changed. I was just like, I'm all in. Um, I said, and I just started praying for people and I'm seeing people like cry. And like, I'm like, dude, there's real, there was stuff that was actually like happening in the natural that was like, dude, there's something to this. There's something tangible happening here. Um, and, uh, and so after well, that, I, well, real quick, I'm curious. Um, I'm curious what was going on when you're talking about like praying, like when you mm -hmm. say I was praying, or was it just like you kind of like, like, what is that invoke? Like, what are you doing with your body? Are you saying words out loud in your head? Like what, what does that mean when you say that you're praying? Oh, um, yeah, I would just pray to God. Like, you know, it started off with just praying like for my day. Like, I'd just be like, you know, Jesus, just thank you for, you know, this day. Um, I just asked that, you know, you'd, you'd help me to uh, be positive in this place and give me a good, you know, it just was like, I would read stuff in the Bible and then I would just pray whatever I read that day. Like, okay, well, help me have this, help me have the wisdom, help me, whatever I was reading, I'd be like, all right, Jesus, and and come to him. And, and you know, I'd listen to like worship songs and, and I would start to sing to God. And, and it was crazy because man, it was like, and I'm gonna give you like a, like a, a good analogy. When I got there, I remember I said I was ready to leave because I was like, they would sit up in bed at night and, and say like a 10 minute prayer, but it would bounce around. Like someone would read a verse and then someone would pray. Right. I was ready to leave because of that. 
I was telling my friend, I said, this is religious. This is a cult. Um, dude, by the time I left, I was only there two months. By the time I left, people were, I know they were getting, you know, annoyed with me. People would be like, bro, I'm Jesus out. Because whenever that shift took place, next thing I knew, bro, I'm trying to pray for everybody all day long. Like I, it was like, you know, like I had nothing better to do. So people would come drop off the trays and I'd be like, Hey bro, let me pray for you. You know, I'd be in the, the rec room praying and walking around there and, <laughs> You know, and people thought people thought I was crazy because me and my friend Billy would be in there, you know, and it's like because he's experiencing what I'm experiencing. So I'm like, dude, this is real. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I love it. And um, I'd walk around just like, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, can I? And so it was like people were getting tired of it because you're in this, you know, I'm stuck in this little box with 50 guys. How many times could you ask someone to pray for me? <laughs> And I mean, that was like, but to me, I was like, dude, this, whatever happened to me is real because why, how else did this happen? What made me come from a place of not even wanting to pray to three weeks later, four weeks later, I can't stop praying. All I want to do is pray. You know what I mean? It was just this crazy shift took place. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Conscious Technologies, LLC, Talk about an aligned company name. This company creating technology that will revolutionize the way that humanity is able to resonate or vibrate with the electromagnetic frequency of your phone, of your Wi-Fi router, of the light bulbs in your house, of really anything. What they do is they have created these amazing minerals, amazing units that you can either place on the back of your phone, you can wear it as a necklace. Or they even have like little in-house generators, if you will, that can unify the entire field of an entire house. I've experienced these things in person and I unequivocally can tell you that it does something and it helps you feel more present, more calm, and more connected to the spiritual dimension, if you will. And I highly recommend that you also check out episode number 034, where I actually talked to one of the co-founders and it blew my mind away. One of my favorite episodes where we actually get into how he creates it, why it's created. And, you know, if this wasn't enough of a sell for you, go check out that episode because I know that it will sell you after that. Conscious Technologies, LLC, harmonizing the planet one person at a time. That's wild. And that was all just, I, I mean, you're saying this crazy shift and I guess it was, it sounds like from that act of just trying, like you were just trying and then actually praying. Like, it sounds like praying was that trying for you. Well, it was that, but it was, it was also like for the first time in my life, I started to really check myself in the sense of like submitting things like, like, you know, it's like us, especially as men, like we're, we're, we have our, our way of thinking, our, our ways, and we want to hold on to them. And for the first time in my life, I think I was open to like surrendering, like, God, all right, uh, this says that I shouldn't do, I shouldn't gossip. The Bible says I shouldn't gossip. Let me actually see what happens if I listen to that and don't do it anymore. So now next time I'm in a conversation and they're mm. talking about somebody, hey, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm leaving. And it was like every time I would do one of those little things, I would feel life hit me. Like it was, it was so crazy. It would feel like I would trade that off. Like that was the old me. I don't want to do that. I deny myself in that. And it, I would feel like a new joy come on me, a new strength. So that's what it was. It was a combination of like, you know what? Let me actually try to do this stuff. 
Um, there's a, there's watching a movie where like there's girls in bikinis. It says not to lust after women. Let me actually not do that and just try not to. And, and I don't want to watch this anymore. And I would feel God like, all right, good job. Give me more. And get, I'd get more like life. That's how it was. And so it was this exchange of like, I'm going to do th- what you say, wow. you know? That's super, that's super cool. You, cause you mentioned this earlier and this is something that I've been reading a little bit more about lately, which is I think a little bit tied to Hinduism, which uh-huh. was Patanjali's eightfold steps. You kind I think you mentioned that at the beginning that you had stumbled across the eightfold path of, I'm not sure if it's like to enlightenment or whatever, but he talks about in there, which are called yamas and niyamas, which are the, basically the do's and don'ts right? Mm-hmm. Like covetousness, be content, you know, devotion to God, self-study, self-discipline. And that's something that I've even like looked at my life like a lot more seriously in recent years or recent years, <laughs> definitely recent years, but I'm thinking even more in the past couple weeks yeah. with even just the thoughts, right? It's not even just like, okay, I'm going to act in contentment or I'm going to act of not stealing, or I'm going to act in not being truthful, but actually focusing on that internal dialogue of, okay, cool. A Victoria's secret model walked by. Don't, you know, pay attention to your thoughts. Like, you know, the being a man, the natural human animalistic instinct is to covet that, to want mm-hmm. to pursue that in a sexual manner, but then yeah. to actually like bring that internal dialogue of no, just be content because yeah. I've even realized that it, the, the act of that desire almost leads to suffering in its own way. Right. Right. It's um, one question I asked myself is like, where does this produce life? Like, what about this is going to bring me to lead me to more life? And, and in the spirit realm, your thoughts are just as powerful as your words. You know what I mean? Like in the spirit realm, you don't actually speak. It's, it's telepathic. Um, you know, there was the, um, there's, and there's right. a story in the gospel where Jesus is, is telling this guy, your sins are forgetting, given, get up and walk. And it says that people were around the guy and they were thinking he can't do that. No, he's not right. Those thoughts and the Bible doesn't say this, but that's, this is the, the, you know, one of the revelations behind it is that those thoughts were touching that guy. What you think about people impacts them, whether you know it or not. You know what I mean? Those thoughts still send out a frequency or they send out an energy that impacts people. And so that's why. And then Jesus says again, he says, I say to you. So he basically is saying whatever you're receiving from them because he was listening to those thoughts. He says, I say to you, get up and walk. And so um, that that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, uh, and like you said, you know, it's like that is really the one of the next levels. You know, it's like there's there's so many levels to this. And that is one of the higher levels is getting uh, a, a reigning your mind you know ruling your mind to not think those things and not just yeah not it's not just about like oh i didn't do it yeah but you thought about wanting to do it you know for an hour kind of thing it's like you already basically did it you know what i mean in in a sense you you spiritually in a sense agreed with it for a while you know and and i think and i mean maybe correct me if i'm wrong here but it this could also be an allegory to um, I, I'm sure I think Jesus said it, but something about along the lines of, you know, ruling the kingdom within, right? Or mm-hmm. the kingdom of God is within all of us, right? Is is having that domain over your own internal being, whether it's your spirit, whether it's your mind, and then, you know, actually being in control of it. It's like, you know, we always talk about how we're creatures of habit. And mm-hmm. so many people want to develop habits in this natural world of lifting or of and not doing drugs for instance but but actually becoming the 
the the almost the the god of your own thoughts or being the the ruler of your own thoughts and and watching them like a mm -hmm. like a gracious king almost of saying okay like that's probably that's a common thought that we should appreciate or move into a more aligned way and you know even in your story it's like move it more into an aligned way of of jesus or the way that the bible is is showing us a way to to align this with almost a higher power or a a more blissful happiness yeah 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 no i think i mean like even that that idea like jesus is within or the kingdom is within i think that it is it is we become essentially in the kingdom you become the new eden like like the bible talks about us being the temple and so it, it very much so is mm. maintaining this maintaining this vessel so it remains pure so it remains holy because that is the 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 our soul is the filter for our spirit and so it's like that's why jesus is always talking about like what you know as a man thinks so he is in his heart as uh, what what comes out is what's in the man like it's like what i bring into me is it that itself is not what's defined, but what it does to my my soul is going to defile me, and my spirit can only flow as pure as my soul is, because it's like, um, for example, if I was using this actually this morning in a prayer talk, if if like let's say I take a Bible scripture, and I have ten people say that scripture, the word of itself, the scripture itself has life, uh, uh, potential life in it. It has life in it, but the vessel that that speaks it can determine how much weight it has. Because if my soul is tainted and impure, you know, like let's like I'm some people walk around just harboring, you know, bitterness or hatred. It's like you could say that word, and it might be the a, a life giving word, but because it passed through a soul that's not that's not healed, or because it's not you're not in a place of love, the word's not going to have weight to it. Right. And so I think that's what it comes down to is, is our spirit, you know, in Christ is already built. It's already there and it's getting our soul to align and to come into connection with the, with what's already done in the spirit. You know what I mean? And so within the Christian belief, like that's that's salvation. Your spirit is saved. Like you, you come, you believe in Jesus, you know, that he 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 died for your sins. He did what he says he did. Your spirit's taken, but now your soul is going through that process still. You know what I mean? Of of being renewed. And and so part of that is maintaining our, our vessels properly, you know? Right. In a way of almost purification. And mm -hmm. it seems like that's a a huge thing that we're even doing here, like on this, you know, on this earth is to have that purification process. But, you know, that's that's a whole nother rabbit hole. I think I, 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 I'm enjoying that part of the conversation, but I also want to get through or get to like, uh, finish your story before we yeah, yeah. kind of, kind of dive back in. Cause I do have a lot of questions about the story so far, but I, I think that like we kind of cut off the, um, reincarnation conversation. I think it's, it's something that if we see your whole story and then we're able to kind of go back and, and look at mm -hmm. it piece by piece to kind of, uh, just just from a curiosity perspective, because I'm also interested to see how you even visually see your own story, because, again, right, like like Buddha even said, you know, as you see it, so it is. Or I think mm -hmm. you said Buddha said that, but I'm probably misquoting that. But case no, in point, it is something like that as you think in your heart. the story yeah. and then we can. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, yeah. yeah. So 
so where where are we at yeah so <laughs> the story we got a get, i get out I, no yeah i know it's all good um i get out of jail in 2017 um literally the day after christmas and uh so i'm going to a halfway house in in um in uh, maryland and at this point i'm on fire for god my life had has been changed i'm like dude i'm a whole different person um I'm free from addiction. Like I'm believing. Like I'm not. Like I don't believe in this whole. Like oh, I'm an addict. I'm always gonna be addict. Like no, I'm free. I'm. Not, it's as if I never was an addict. That's how. You know what I mean? Like I'm just new person. But I'm like, all right. I know there's some ground to cover here. Like now, just now, the test is really starting. This is the first real life is coming now, and you need to be prepared because in the past, right? It's in easy. Jail. To, it's e- Yeah, it's easy to yeah, get in there jail, in jail. You're cut off. Exactly. But I, so I already knew I'm like, God, keep me because I know the devil, the, you know, the, the pressures, the, the, the distractions are coming. And so I basically just stay in that that bubble, that cocoon of like the same way that I was in jail. I just carried it out to the world to where I'd come home from work and I'd literally run to my prayer room because it was like, you know, I could feel that that um, the world like pulling on me. And I'd like run in my prayer room and, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I remember for like a, a first like week or two, bro, I literally prayed. I was like, God, just take me. I was like, I don't, I can't be here. Just, just take me home. Like, I just want to come be with you. I don't even want to, like, it's just, I don't know. It was a weird, weird place, but um, I I, I, I manage, right? So I, I get through it. I'm growing in my, my walk. I get a job. I'm doing this thing. And basically I started being a street evangelist. I mean, I start, um, I take this, this gospel of Jesus and this, this praying for people that I was doing in the jail. I start doing it in everywhere. I'm like my job, I'm working at Starbucks. I'm doing it with my coworkers. I'm praying for my coworkers, telling everyone about Jesus. I'm this new, you know, born again, zealous, you know, and it's so funny to me because I'll never forget out a coworker that was like, um, he was like a, a real big, like atheist. Like he just really didn't believe in anything. And, um, I remember he would tell me, he's like, dude, I don't know why I like you. You know, like he was like, I normally hate people that are like you, you know what I mean? And it, and it was because he's like, dude, I hate people that do what you're doing. And it was so funny because I remember telling him like, yeah, I know I did too. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, dude, I hated what, like the stuff I'm doing. I don't know how why this is happening. I'm telling you, bro, this really happened to me. And it was so funny to just see that. And so, I mean, I'm going through that and basically – I basically put everything on the back burner. It was like, you know what, Jesus, my whole per, my whole life is yours. I'm going to dedicate my whole life to you. And so to save a little time, this went on. I ended up coming back to Virginia, getting, you know, go to court. Yeah, we got they, time, they lo- If it's a good okay, part. I, no, no, yeah, part, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much you want. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I'm... I'm going you, doing this. If you feel like it's necessary to the story, then let's dive into it. Yeah. No, um. So basically this, you know, I go down this road though, where I'm basically like, I don't care about jobs really anymore. I don't care about my life plans. And my life literally became, I was work, I was living at a, a halfway house. So my rent was like $150 a week, very cheap to to live at. So I was literally working just enough to pay rent. I didn't have custody of my daughter at this point. I'm on my own. It's just me. And so I was spending my entire day praying in in the Bible, just 
loving it. And then I'd go out every day and I'd go and talk about Jesus and pray for people. And I started pressing into, you know, healing and stuff. And I started seeing, you know, I started having words of knowledge. Like I started to like go to people and know things about them. And I started to, you know, and it's, I started to pray for people and see like things get healed. I saw, you know, like, like, and it wasn't something where I was like every person, every time, but I just started to press into that and just believe for it. I started to see things happen here. So in my heart, my faith is like building just even more and more. And I'm just going after like, you know, Jesus talks about that we'll do everything he did. You know what I mean? That that these signs will follow those that believe. And so I'm like, well, I believe and I, I'd start doing it. And, um, and man, I just started to see uh, at this point I did a I did like a 35 day fast. And after this fast, um, something opened up to where my spiritual eyes started to open and I started to see demons come into my room. And so like, I'd go out and pray for people. My whole day would be like praying and then I'd go out and pray for people and come home. And I started to see demons come into my, my, my room, my, my, my roommate, he'd be like next door having sex with like prostitutes and stuff. Right. Like he'd be, he'd just be bringing home women every night and, and dude, I would see, like, he would be doing what he was doing. I'd be praying and hearing that. And then like, next thing I know there, I would see Damn. demons start coming through my walls. So it was like the, my whole world shifted into a whole new thing. So I'm starting to see stuff. I would be in bed at night. And, uh, like uh, one example, I remember I, f- I felt, uh, because the way sleep paralysis would happen, I'd never forget that feeling in the atmosphere that would start to happen in real life. I would feel that stuff come into my house. I'd be fully awake. And I'll never forget one night I'm laying there. I feel that come into the room. Dude, I felt literally my, my bed tangibly went down. Something laid next to me in my bed and I started to heal, hear nails. Like you hear like that nail sound, like scratching on my sheets. Like, so I'm hearing something scratch, mm. like, and I'm fully awake, fully. So I'm like, the spiritual world is becoming connected to the 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 real world and i'm just so my faith is just at this point like dude i'm in this thing this is this is where it's at and so i did that for probably from 2000 you know for a solid like two two and a half years i had you know i had my little my little um my little battles you know what i mean i had um you know my my girlfriend at the time um you know, we had slipped into, you know, fornication or whatever. And, you know, so I had my little things that I would like my little sins I was, I was wrestling with, but for the most part, all, I mean, I was really, really living this, this thing, you know what I mean? As far as I wasn't, I never wanted to be a hypocrite Christian. Like I was really trying to live the Bible. I was really living holy. I was really like following this thing and I'm trying to win souls for the kingdom. I'm trying to, you know, bring healing and all this stuff. And so about, two two and a half years into this all of a sudden i started to get frustrated um and i guess it was it was a combination of a lot of things but one of the main things was i felt like people weren't like what i experienced with god it wasn't like translating to other people like i thought it would you know like i spent so much time talking to other people and and preaching this god and this gospel and and doing all these things, you know, that I thought God wanted me to do. And it just felt like, you know, I'd pray for people and they wouldn't like, it wouldn't happen for them, you know? And, and the reason that weighed on me is because I'm going after people that are in addiction. I'm going after people that are homeless, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, God, why aren't, why aren't they getting changed too? Why aren't they, 
you know, like, why isn't nothing happening for them? You know, and, and I'm thinking like, if I just lead people to Jesus, they're going to get better. And, and I don't know, I started to get frustrated with that. Um, and then I started to get frustrated with certain things in my own life that I felt like I had been praying about and not seeing, or, you know what I mean? Just my own frustrations. I just felt like I was always, um, as far as like my, my life was getting the short end of the stick. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, man, I feel like I'm just steady getting like trampled on in life. And, and it's cool for a while. I wouldn't mind it. But then after a while, I was like, you know what? I'm a little tired of, of being broke. I'm a little tired of things not working out for me. I, I get that this whole message is a self-denial, loving others. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about material things. Like, you know, but it's like, all right, well, I'm a little tired. of You know, so I started to get frustrated with certain things. And then I remember I started to think, I started to think about psychedelics, specifically mushrooms. And I said, you know, I really got a lot of wisdom from them. I really gained a lot of insight into the world on them. I really felt like I connected to the spirit realm on them. So I started to think about all the positives that I thought they they brought to my life. And I started to kind of sit there and think, you know, something feels like it's missing. Uh, like, And it wasn't a sense of, is Jesus real or not? It was more of like, maybe there's more to this than I thought. Maybe there's a bigger picture that I'm missing. Uh, and I just kind of got tired of like church at the time. I got tired. I just got tired of these things. And it was like, man, maybe there's more to this. And so I said, oh, I got it. You know, I got an idea. I said, what if I take the mushrooms now that I'm sober, now that I'm like in a healthy emotional state, now that I'm like in a good place? I said, I bet you if I took mushrooms now and like used them to connect to Jesus, it would be really cool. You know, I'm thinking like, you know, worst case scenario, my spiritual eyes are pretty open. Yeah. So I'm like, worst case scenario. Uh, maybe I, I go do it and it, I find out I shouldn't have done it. And then I, I, I like repent and don't do it anymore. You know, like worst case, nothing, you know, just like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, you know. And um, I'm like, man, I'm like, all right, uh, you know, that sounds cool. But I'm still scared of that because, right, like first off, I came from addiction. So for me, any substance or anything is like, no. Um, and I'm also like, man, that could really be. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to open myself up to something like I, I take this stuff serious as far as like opening doors and, and stuff like that. Spiritual powers are, are a real thing. And um, and so I'm, I'm weighing on it. But then I find this video on YouTube talking about um, uh, they were there was some belief, I guess, some early Christian, you know, group thought that manna was like mushrooms. And so like I, I didn't go super deep into it to like get all the details, but I watched this one like 30 minute little video on YouTube about it. And it was just enough to kind of plant that seed and, and water that seed of like, huh, maybe this is true. Maybe I should try this out. You know what I mean? And and the other part was I didn't like that there was like fear associated with it. You know, like I don't like fear. I don't, you know what I mean? If there's like fear in front of something, I kind of just, the part of me just wants to kind of knock that down, whether it's confronting it or figuring out where it's attached to. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Buzzsprout. And now this ad is for any of my fellow podcasters out there, or even if you're starting to think about a podcast or creating one, a key that you need to know is that you got to put your audio somewhere Then you need someone or something to distribute that audio. And Buzzsprout is by far the best option that I have found to get your audio put out on all of the mainstream directories like Apple podcast, Spotify, Amazon, Google play store, all of them iHeartRadio, you name it. I have been able to be featured on over 
18 different podcast platforms because of how easy Buzzsprout makes it to integrate and host your audio on these sites. And honestly, I think I'm hosted on even more than that, but that's all that they'll tell me is it's over 18 and they have great software to track where your episodes are being downloaded, how many downloads you're getting and so much more guys I highly recommend it for anyone who is starting or interested in starting a podcast. So please go check the sponsors a link down in the bottom of the show notes, scroll down. Once you get there, go to Buzzsprout, click on the link. And I want you to start hosting, start your podcast. Cause we need more. It's amazing. Buzzsprout podcast hosting made easy. All right, sorry about that, guys. Had some technical difficulties, but Joshua, where were we? Where were we in the story? So, okay, so I was getting frustrated. You're a lot clearer now. Your video is kind of blurry before. Um, oh, but uh, so you know, things are uh, getting to where I'm like, all right, I think this might be a good idea. Um, and there was fear with it, which I didn't like. Uh, so it kind of made me want to do it more. Um. But again, there was a fear of God to where I was like, I don't, I don't know if I should, you know, cross this, this boundary. Um, but anyways, months pass. I don't really think much about it. I just keep going down, but I'm getting frustrated. Like I can't ignore my frustrations anymore at this point. I'm like, dude, I'm done with this. I've basically gave my life to this thing for the last two and a half years. I put my, you know, jobs, my dreams, everything on the back burner to follow this, this God. And I don't feel like uh, I have anything to show for it at this point. You know, that's kind of how it felt like. You know, it's like, but I was also like, well, dude, look at your life. Like, you know what I mean? You, you, you got custody of your kid back. You're, you're married. You have your car. Like, you know what I mean? I was counting all the pluses, but I'm like, yeah, but I, I started to feel like I wasn't being, uh, I wasn't genuinely happy in it anymore. So I felt like I needed to do this, I guess. And so, um, the day presented itself a few months later where I was at a friend's house and I was going to go make music over there. And, and he was one of my friends that I, you know, older friends. And so I knew he was still selling weed and, you know I mean? He was still doing what he was doing. Uh, and I would just go over there and make music and I would try to just be like a positive, you know, person to him. And, and I kept the, the friendship alive, um, with certain boundaries. And, um, you know, so I knew that stuff was going on over there. And, and so I went over there one day and he, dumps out this backpack and has the whole backpacks filled with the little mushroom chocolates. And, uh, he, he knew that I, you know, wasn't doing that stuff anymore. So he was kind of joking more so than he was, he was like, here, bro. And threw me one. He's like, here, take one, you know, eat one kind of thing, joking. And, uh, I was like looking at him and I was just staring at him. I was like, you know what? I was like, this is, it's either now or never. Like it's the opportunity presented itself. Either you're going to take it or not. And, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I said, I want to get this, this wrestle match in my head about this stuff out of here. I said, I'm ready to do it. So it's all right. So I ate like, you know, like one or two blocks, like a gram of it. And I said, nah, I'm so, so I ate the whole thing. I ate the little eighth chocolate and and so I'm sitting there for like 20 minutes. Uh, we're chilling, listening to beats. I'm, and mind you, so I have much, you know, a lot of history with with doing these. So I already know, like, I'm I'm putting myself in a good, you know, mindset. I'm listening to music. I'm chilling. I'm in a place I, you know, I enjoy or you know, with people I trust, whatever. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm I'm, start, I'm feeling good. I'm not even like tr- not worried. I'm not fearful. Really, I'm just enjoying the moment. And at, at about 20 minutes in, my friend is like texting friends. He's like, hey, I'm about to go to the bar. These guys want to go to the bar. You want to go to the bar? And I looked at him I'm like, you think I want to go to the bar right now, bro? Like, I am I just did this thing. I'm, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm trying to make music and chill or vibe out, whatever. And 
he's like, well, he's like, I mean, if you want, you could like stay here and I'll go. And I was kind of like, I mean, all right, I guess, <laughs> but I'm not going nowhere. So I was like, cool. So he gets up and leaves. I don't know another way to explain this. Like, I'm trying to think of any type of analogy in a movie or something, but like, I'm sure there's one out there. I just can't think of it. But when I tell you that I felt like I got set up, it was like when he got up to leave, it was like my spiritual sense, my like the veil was lifted in the spirit where it was like he was a puppet almost. He, It was like he was doing stuff and like put me, like presented this position and this whole thing played out where he was used as as a vessel to make it occur so whenever i seen him get up it was almost as if like i was seeing him like your job is done and it was like in the spirit was like they're like all right your job's done get out of here and he got up and like just walked Mm. out and i remember as soon as he walked out the door i'm still sober at this point everything like i you know i mean i'm not tripping i'm not anything i'm aware and as soon as he walked out the door the same way I felt demonic presence enter, you know, for the years prior and all these demonic encounters, that that um, frequency, that presence, that energy enters the room like a cloud. And I go, oh, no, I know what that is. Like, I'm like, oh, that's here. You know? And I'm like, man, I was like, I know what this is. Like, I, I know what that is. I know that feeling. So I'm like, oh, man. But I'm like, cause I'm now I'm like splitting two where I'm like, oh man, you're tripping. This isn't good. You're about to start tripping. But I'm also like, you know what? Nah, I said, I got this. I know how to control my mind. I know how to control my spirit. Like it's not happening. I said, they're not going to infiltrate this time. Right. So I start praying. I start ignoring it. I'm just like getting myself like in a good mindset. I'm getting loose with it, whatever. And I'm, and, but I can't ignore it. It's like, you know, someone just stand there. You've seen like, hey, Arnold, that guy's standing behind Helga all the time. It's like, that's how yeah. it felt. Like, you know, it's like, I couldn't ignore it. Just so creeping I'm like, over oh, your man, shoulder. Yeah, I'm like, that's really here right now. I'm like, man. So I go in the, the bathroom and I'm going to give myself a pep talk. You know, <laughs> those, uh, those mushroom conversations in the mirror, you know, it's like, so I go yeah. and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, Josh, you got this. I'm like, you took mushrooms. You're all right. I said, you can't die from this. Like I'm giving myself and I laugh and I'm like, this is cool. You're fine. And I I give myself this little like comforting laugh. And when I turn around, dude, I hear God's voice speak to me and say, who said I can't stop your heart whenever I want? And this wasn't in a condemning way. This was a checking my pride way as far as like, what makes you think that like you can't die at any moment for any reason? Like, you know, like I'm like, have you seen like a thousand ways to die? It's like, what do you mean you can't die from this? You know, like, yeah, maybe like, you know, it was it was checking that. Like, who says that I can't take life from you just like like that right now for no reason, whatever reason. Like, it was that. Yeah. It just checked my pride where I was like, oh, crap, I could like die right now. What, do you, what am I saying? I can't die. I'm like, I really could die. And then I'm like, dang. And then it's starting to hit me. I go back in the room. It's like the devil's just sitting there waiting for me. So I just feel myself encircled with with death. I know the feeling. I look over on the wall. There's like a pentagram on the wall, that like some art pro- thing someone drew. So I'm like, dude, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? But I start praying. I'm like, you know what? This isn't happening. So I start praying and I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling okay, but I still can't ignore what's around me. And so I started saying like, God, you know, forgive me. And I'm like, I shouldn't have taken these. And I'm thinking in that moment, like, all right, it's just going to stop or something. But then it hit me like, dude, what are you thinking? Like, you just got on this roller coaster. 
Like you're not even like 45 minutes into this thing. These things are just about to start take kicking in. And so it kind of put me in a place of like, oh man, what did I do? Like, I don't, I don't think I want to do this right now. You know, um, I don't think I want to do these anymore, but I'm like, I'm still committed because I know, you know, like I know how, how they go. So I'm like, well, I have to commit to, to, you know, um, being positive and to overcoming this, you know, like, like I, I'm not going to let fear right take control. I'm not right. So I'm like doing all that. I'm praying, but I just can't ignore. It. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm like, all right, I need to get out of this place. I'm like, you know what? If I get out of this place, it'll get better. This atmosphere is not good for me. I need to get like my house somewhere comfortable. That'll make it better. Right. So I call my wife, she's on the way home from like dinner uh, in the city or whatever. And I'm like, yo, can you need to come get me? She's like, didn't you drive? And you know, I'm like, look, just, just come pick me up, please. She doesn't know what's going on. So when she gets there like 20 minutes later, by the time she gets there, I'm like starting to feel my, my spirit, my soul get like pulled. It's like, it felt like something was like this, 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 this strength, this power was like pulling my, my spirit, separating me from my body. Like it, it was like this gravitational pull. And, and that's the best way I can explain it. I'm feeling myself like get pulled into another dimension, but I'm like staying in this one. And so, uh, I get, she gets there, I get in the car and I'm like, dude, I'm like, um, at this point I start like having trouble breathing. Like I start feeling my, my breath starts getting thinner and it's like harder to breathe. And I'm telling her like, just pray. She's trying to have a conversation. You know, I don't know, like you've been around people that are sober when you're tripping or something. It's like, we're in two different places right now and they're trying to just have this normal conversation. And (laughs) I'm like trying to relay to her what's going on, but I can't. Like I'm not in my physical body almost to relay it. So it's like, I'm like split. I'm like coming back and forth almost to explain what's happening to her. And, um, and all I could say at this point is that I just felt like it was harder to breathe to the point where, she, I mean, she's like, are you okay? Like, cause I'm gasping for breath. I'm like, <sighs> like, and I'm not having like a panic attack. Like I'm literally like feeling my breath get pulled from me. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm getting pulled in and out of this place. And I'm it was a void. It was like I'd, I'd get yanked out of my body and be in this like this black abyss void. And then I'd be back in the car. And, you know, it's like you if you like astral projected or something, I, you know, it's like there's a there's a, a cord connecting. So it's like you're out of your body, but cord. you're aware of your. Yeah, there's this. So I, I know like I could come back and forth, but I couldn't stay in this room. Like it was like something greater than me was pulling me back. So I didn't have much say, but I had enough say to like come for a second and like say something. And so it was this weird thing. But then by the time we get home, I'm like hyper having trouble breathing. I'm like, dude, I just need to get home. I just need to get home. Like in my mind, I'm like, as soon as I get home, everything will be better. So I, I run into my house and I just throw myself on the floor. And at this point, it was like fully just gone. Um, so now I'm 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 in the spirit and I'm like in this black abyss, this like outer darkness, this void, just floating. But there's all this fear and there's this uh, discomfort. I'm having, I still am like, I can't breathe very well. And it was just like, dude, what did I do? Like this was, it was just so like in my mind, like, dude, this wasn't a good idea. And, um, but I didn't know what's going on. And the next thing I know, it was like, I don't know, you see like a movie, like where it starts fading in to the light or something. All of a sudden, it's like light, it starts fading into this 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 view, this image. And before me, I'm in a hand. I'm laying in a hand. I look and it's like because I see like these big, you know, like 
if it was a little whatever it was in a hand. I see these big fingers, like I'm cupped in this giant hand. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I look over and there's just a bunch of demons. And it's like all the demons that I saw and that I gave you that story of when I overdosed. It's like there was like 20, 30 demons on my left and my right. It was like all these same ones. And they're, they're different sizes. There's bigger ones. There's smaller ones. They have these grins on their face. Um, it was just like these these evil things. And one of the bigger ones is like stands up and kind of takes this this place of authority. And he says, and, and he says, we're tired of this kid. And I look over like what he's talking to and what he's talking to is like this giant kingdom tower. It was like a tower of light. And it was, it was like, you know, I couldn't even see the top fully. Um, and I couldn't really see the bottom either. It was just this, these light and it was like separated by different lights kind of thing. And so it's talking to this, this thing and this kingdom, you know, tower. And it says, we're tired of this kid. They said he keeps coming to our kingdom and taking people out. And then he came back and ate off our table. Right then and there, I knew and understood everything that was going on. It was this sense of understanding that I knew better. It was this sense of understanding that I, um, that I really was playing with light, like light and dark. Like as far as I'm in this this world, I'm, I'm preaching Jesus to people. I'm preaching, you know, what I mean, I'm going into uh, the domain of darkness, if you will. I'm going into drug addicted territories and all this stuff. I'm, I'm casting demons out of people and pulling people to Jesus kind of thing. And now I'm like coming back and eating off their table. That was essentially what they were saying. Like he's partaking in something that is not for, for your is people. That based, that's how I took it. Yeah. 100% was how I took it was cause that was the only thing I could, uh, I mean, that was the only thing I could think of, but it was also, you know what I mean? But that would also be tied into, and it wasn't in this situation, but now looking back, you know what I mean? The, the, you know, few times that I, I drank in the, in this time period, you know what I mean? And, and got mm. drunk, you know, or, or tipsy, whatever that comes to mind, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking every time that I, you know, partake, partook in anything, I'm like, this is what I'm doing really. You know, that's how, that's what it was. The picture was being painted. Like, this really is what what you're doing. Like you're you're eating from a fruit that's not producing life. You're you're eating from another kingdom, and then you're coming and opposing this kingdom. You're coming, you know what I mean? It's like going, you're crippling blood and going and right. gang banging on a you know on a blood street, and then coming back and trying to buy mangoes from them or something. You know what I mean? It's like that's how that's what it was. <laughs> it was like oh, I really was like going in that in another kingdom, causing you know issues, and then I came back and and took from their food basically. That's and. So yeah, it was definitely the mushrooms that it, they were referring to in this in this moment. And so at that point, it hit me like, oh man, I really did mess up. And the first thing that really hits you is like, dude, like you're not gonna go to a hospital or like what? Like there's no one even call. This isn't like I'm in a spiritual thing right now. There's like nothing in the world that can just like like. Hey mom, come pick me up. You know, it's like, yeah. what are you? What are you gonna do? Like, in hey, I got a million world. dollars. Yeah, yeah, like that's that, that that have... yeah. yeah, so I'm like, oh, this is a real spiritual like world. Like there's nothing and then it was like I'm in a little hand right now. I'm you know what I mean? like I can't do anything either. What am I gonna do? You know, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, I really am helpless as far as I put myself in this. It's like I, I opened this door, so it wasn't even like I could plead ignorance or something. It was like, oh no, I really I, I did this. I'm responsible. 
This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Revibe CBD. Now I know what you're thinking, another CBD product, and typically I would completely agree with you. I've gone through all my trials and tribulations with CBD products, but this CBD cream is unlike anything else. Honestly, I don't know what it is, but there's something in the technology of it that it helps absorb into your skin and actually get to the place that aches and soothes your muscles almost instantaneously. It's close to instant. It's probably about a five to 10 minute activation that I've noticed, but sometimes it goes a little bit quicker. And so I know it can be difficult for the find the right one. And this was my personal favorite that I found after long enough. (laughs) I don't want to go back to that dark time. But I found it. It works amazing. And the creator of it is an incredible guy. So I highly recommend you click the sponsors link below. Click on the Revive CBD tab and get yours today. Revive CBD. Feel better. Live better. All premium. All natural CBD products. And so is that sense hitting me? And so then basically I just I was having a hard time breathing still like it was it was this feeling of fear knowing if I got dropped from this hand that death was going to take me over it was just all this stuff was coming upon me like fear is it's like a jacket it's a everything's living in the spirit so it's like it was like a a jacket of fear coming on me it was like a jacket of despair hopelessness like all these things were going on all at once and um, it's feeling extremely, extremely more than real. Like it is way past real at this point. This is way past hallucinating. Like, oh, the walls melting, and you know, it's way past this. It's like we are in another dimension. This is playing. I mean, it, like even when I did DMT, it's like a world unfolded before me. But with this situation, I got taken to another world, and um, and it was mm-hmm. like, and I had eaten like nine grams of mushrooms before and didn't have anything close to this type of you know, visual or experience. So I'm like, dude, how, and I'm laying there, I'm having trouble breathing. And, uh, you know, I like, I tap back into my body a couple of times to basically talk to my wife. Cause she's freaking out. She's like, what do I do? What do I, you know, she's seeing me, I guess from her perspective, I'm, she was telling me that basically, you know, I'm gasping for air. She doesn't know what to do. Cause I'm telling her just pray. Don't worry. You know, like just keep praying. And then I'm, I'm going back out, I guess. And, um, and uh, so basically, um, this goes on. I'm f- filled with like all these feelings of regret, but I'm thinking about all these. I'm thinking about basically, what do I do? I've already told God, hey, forgive me. I've already said to cry out for mercy. This is going on for, you know, we're into a couple hours now where I'm just in this hand because they're having a conversation that I can't hear. So it's like they present this case. And then there's a conversation where I'm like, while they're talking, I can't hear what's going on. It's like I'm going through all this torment and and almost like a, a shadow of hell and while something is occurring between angels and demons and so kind of sounds um, like a jury the, or a trial yeah no yeah it was definitely a court case it was it was a court uh, court case of heaven so it's like and the bible talks about it so it's like it's crazy when you see when you start thinking about bible scriptures while like i'm in this place and these bible scriptures are coming to me like holy crap, this is a real place. Like, oh, this is metaphorical, but it's, it's, it's real. Like this is, you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. And, um, but I'm sitting there and at this point, I know that the reason God had me in that place for so long of, of despair is because he was letting me feel the weight of my consequence. You know what I mean? It was like, cause mm. I, I already had let go and surrender. I, I did it like multiple times before I even left my friend's house. I said, you know what, God, I surrender. I know you're, I know you're good. Forgive me. You either forgive me or you don't. 
it wasn't it wasn't getting better. There was this sense of you need to fight for yourself uh, in the sense of like when I would just let go and just surrender, I would feel the breath like start getting pulled from me. And so in that place, man, it really did feel like if I stop praying or stop like asking God to help me, I, I feel like maybe I really will die. Like, I mean, and, and I don't know if I really it would have been a physical thing, a spiritual. I don't know, but it, it felt like I mean, I was I, I remember whenever I did DMT and you feel the life leave you like your soul. If you really do go through that like sense of death. It felt like that, but in a much more uh, radical way, I guess, in a much more um, real way. And um, and so I'm going through all this stuff internally and just like, what do I do? You know, what's going to help me? And so I started to basically think at that point for the first time, I started to really think about my life at the time and everyone else that it's connected to. I started to think about my children. I was, my wife was pregnant and I started to think about like purpose and destiny. And I started to think about like, man, other people, not in an arrogant way. Like I'm, I'm supposed to like help other people. Like other people need me. Like my kids need me. My wife needs me. And I started to think about all that. And I'm like, man, I, God, other people need me. My kids need me. I'm like, you know, save me, like help me for that it's it's not just for for me are we good all right guys we're back for segment three we had maybe like a 15 20 minute little intermission there so um we're gonna get back on track for you is probably only a 15 to 20 second intermission but we were talking about we were just at the cliffhanger of the story joshua you were i think in the hand and you were basically in this state where your now wife, ex, your girlfriend at the time was praying for you, you were on the ground. And I think that's where we were, where you left off. Remind me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was around, it's around there. So basically my, you know, um, I'm, I'm praying as, and I started to basically include, um, purpose. I started to include other people and I started to shift my focus to like, um, the value of my life for the sake of others um, and, and realize like, I'm not here just for myself. Like none of us are here for our own sake. You know what I mean? And, um, and so I started to realize that when I started to kind of relay that to God, um, I, up until this point, God was sending me breaths. I mean, it was like, that was probably one of the most crazy parts of it was I was realizing that even every breath I get was, was like consciously being given to me. It was like, it was, uh, it was like, I'd be empty and I'd, I was feeling my, my organs shrivel up. I was feeling like life leave my body, knowing there was no amount of water wow. I could drink to hydrate. Like, it was just like, I was feeling myself. Like if you put salt on a slug, that's how I was feeling internally, externally, like just life just shriveling out of me. And then I would get a breath sent to me. And I, from the top of that tower I was talking about, it was like a breath would come, a breath would come and I'd... <gasps> And it was like, oh man, those breasts were so rich. You know what I mean? Like catching those breasts were like, and then I'd have to release it and I'd feel that emptiness again. So anyways, I started to feel that kind of start to loosen up, like, like breasts started to come a little easier. And then what happened was I started, I looked and I saw like saints, there was probably like five or six, uh, like angels, saints came around me. And the Bible talks about a cloud of witnesses. They started to pray over me. They started to pray for me and kind of join with me in praying for myself. And I started to feel 
more strength coming to me. Like, like there was hope for the first time in this, you know, in the last three, four hours or whatever it was where I started to feel hope. And then, um, out of nowhere, it was like everything's attention shifted and there was a shadow of a cross that came like out of the tower kind of towards the top. And it was like the, the focus of everything shifted to that. And, and it was, I guess, God's way of saying like, he, he remembered the cross, uh, uh, what was accomplished, uh, on the cross uh, and what Jesus did for me and for my life. It was like all that tied together to that moment. And then at that moment, I look over and I see Jesus coming out of the, that, that kingdom tower. He starts walking out. And so I'm seeing Jesus come towards me and he puts his arm around me. He says to, to like to everything, but he's looking at the demons. He says, this one is mine. He belongs to me and puts his arm around me. And as soon as he put his arm on me, and as soon as I was touched by him, I got sent back to my body. It was like immediately I go back to my body and I started puking my guts out, dude. Like the most intense throw up I've ever had, like um, just puking, puking. And and I, I was spent, my, my physical, my spirit, like everything was exhausted, uh, like to the point where I couldn't even like hold myself up to puke anymore. I collapsed. I mean, I, I got whatever out of me. And I just collapsed like back on the floor. I'm thinking it's over and I'm like, thank God this is over. And then right, right as soon as I relax into that, I get pulled back. Now, when I get pulled back though, I'm in that, that kingdom tower and I'm walking into it basically. And and now I'm seeing Jesus in front of me and he's looking at me with joy. It's like life. And it's almost like cinematic on your phone at the backside, the background blurs a little bit. It's like this hyper focus on his face. Everything else is kind of blurred. And I'm just looking into these eyes of, of just love and acceptance. And so I'm acknowledging like this person's not mad at me. This person's not angry. Uh, nothing like that. It was looking at me like, uh, I, I, I love you. I'm, I'm with you. And then he said to me, he said, maybe we shouldn't do that again. That was the first words I was mouth. Maybe we shouldn't do that again. And it was almost in a, in a, like, yeah, that was crazy. Maybe, you know, and it was, and that's kind of how it was. It was kind of like he was being, making a joke out of it, but it was also like, um, you know, let's not do that anymore. That, you know what I mean? Like you learned your lesson. There was so much, you know, the, the funny thing about like, like the voice of God is there's, it could be two words, but there could be years worth of messages in it. You know what I mean? There's so many layers in it. And, oh, and sure. so yeah yeah and so and so in that moment it was like that's what it was like it was like i saw you before you even made this decision like i was aware of what i was i saw this whole process play out i was with you in it you know what i mean and it was it was so comforting in the sense that i knew god wasn't saying like yeah that was cool you know um it was more of like i was with you during that whole process you know i, I and i was with you in that place even but it was like, let's not do that. I think you learned your lesson of, of this, right? And so I'm like, but I'm walking with him and I'm starting to pick up on the atmosphere I'm at. And like I said, there was levels, there's different levels of glory and like higher dimensions of glory. And so I'm looking and I'm realizing that there was probably only one or two layers. It was like, they would be separated by these, these films uh, of, of light and like, like these, these veils, 
So I'd look up and I'd see that there was like a veil above me and I could see almost, you can see through them almost. And you know that I knew intuitively that there was another veil above that. So there was like two veils and then I knew like God's glory was on top of those things. But then I also knew that underneath me, there was like four or five lower dimensions. So I realized I was like, he brought me to a high place. Like, like I'm like in a place of holiness and I'm looking around and it was almost a sense of disappointment in the, the, the hosts of heaven, like around me, it was this sense of just like you knew better kind of thing. Um, just kind of like, when are you going to stop playing with your destiny? When are you going to stop playing around? It was that sense of just like, it wasn't mad or anger. It was just like, kind of this, like, you know, disappointment you knew better kind of thing. There's kind of like, you know, come on. Um, that was kind of how it felt. And then I start, I'm still thinking about everything though. Like I'm, I'm here, but part of me is like carrying the shame of what I, what, what just happened. Um, and so I take off, I'm like, I can't be here. And like I said, everything's at the speed of thought. So I, as soon as I think I want to go to the lowest place in this kingdom, I go there, I take off and I, and I travel to the lowest part. I'm at the bottom of everything. I'm on my knees, my face, Whoa. and I'm I, I'm having this revelation that like, like how holy God is, how pure, like pure, pure light, how how holy it is. You're you're you you. We don't realize like every just all this stuff throughout a day that is really just so unlike Him, uh, if that makes sense. Like there's so much stuff that goes on within us, around us that we say, the movies we watch. I mean, just so much stuff that people partake in that is so unlike the pure true like you know what i mean and that's what I, i'm coming to relate realization of that and then i'm realizing like i don't even you know there's this part in isaiah 6 where isaiah says woe is me a man of unclean lips that's what hit me i'm like i don't even i'm not even fit to talk i mean that's what started hit. i'm like i don't I, I shouldn't be here it was like i i'm just not a part like i'm i shouldn't be here and I said, God, just let me worship. I said, don't ever make me speak again. I don't want to talk on behalf of you. I'm not worthy to talk on behalf of anything. I said, just let me worship you. And I was just caught up in this moment of just the most pure joy of just saying hallelujah. Like, I was just hallelujah. I'm here. I'm a part of this thing. I'm just content, just loving this this creator, like just loving this God. And after a few moments, maybe 10 minutes of just being in this place of like, I don't even want to leave this ever again. Jesus comes back to me and he basically comforts me. He he basically tells me like it's not anybody else that brought I brought you there. You know what I mean? It's like I say you're okay. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those moments and he kind of dealt with all that shame and that that condemnation I was feeling and um it was like then I translated back to where I originally was and I'm just walking around with him in this time I'm walking around like through these these you know places of just feeling like uh, confident about it, I guess. Like, hey, he this he brought me here. He's in charge. You know what I mean? Like, this is, I I know I don't. You know what I mean? I know what I did, but he brought me here, and I'm I'm a rock with it. You know what I mean? And then, next thing I knew, uh, the next thing was I get wrapped up in this. As I, it was almost like I was above everything. It was almost like I was in the air of heaven or something. Like I was in this bubble of revelation is, is the best way I can explain it. It was like just all these colors around me, just like this vortex of, of colors. And it was like everything I ever wanted to know in life was just flowing into me. It was like, as fast as I could think it, it's like a hundred different answers to everything was coming at me. Just boom, 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 boom. And so much so that Whoa. it felt like I was getting filled 
with information, with light, with love, so much so that I felt like I was going to explode into a trillion pieces. And I started to say, stop. I started to beg God to stop. And, and, and mind you, I'm literally getting the answers to like the universe in this moment. Like everything I could ever want to know was coming to me. And I was like, I can't contain this much information. I said, stop, you're going to kill me. And, and, and Paul talks about, he says, and he says, there's things in heaven I can't talk to you about. Like there's, they're illegal. There's revelation that could kill you. He doesn't say that, but he says there's things that are illegal for me to talk about. And I started to think about that. And I'm like, dude, this, I can't, it's so hard to explain some of this spiritual stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's not language for some of the, some of it. It's so hard to try to, it was like, I knew that my body I knew this reality was protecting me from what was unseen. Like all this time, I said, send me back to my body. I don't want to see this stuff anymore. It's too, it was like, I couldn't, it was almost like I was still too much human. It was like, I couldn't contain all the information and all the life that was being shown to me. And I literally kept saying like, stop. All right. All right. I get, oh my, like, but it was like, I'm, I'm caught up in a moment of like, wow and awe. But then I'm like, stop, it's going to kill me because I feel like I'm going to explode. And that's the best way I could explain it. Like I was getting so filled and it was like almost like God's love and almost almost like his wrath was coming on at the same time. It was like just, I just felt like the entire existence of cre- creation was just getting just thrown into me. You know what I mean? And it was like trying to dump five gallons into a cup or something. That's what it felt like. And so I said, send me back to my body, send me back to my body. Like, I just, I, I want this veil to go back up. That's basically where, where I was at, where I, I was like, please take, I want to go home. Just send me back to my body. And so I eventually started to come back too. I started like drift. It started fading out and I started finding myself back into my body. And, um, dude, I was scared. I mean, after that, I laid in bed for the rest of the night, just basically saying, hallelujah, bro. Like, like, and so the, the, the visuals, uh, stopped. I was back in 3d realm. Right. But for the rest of the night, God was speaking to me like clear as day, dude. I mean, like, Dude, I mean, stuff that's happening now, he was telling me back then is going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, like he's, 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 he was telling me just things, one thing after another. And so the, for the rest of the night, I had this open, very, very easy access to his voice. Um, but, dude, I was scared to speak for like three days. I mean, dude, for the next three days, like, I really, really, you know, people say, think before you speak. Like, I, I, I would meditate before I speak. You know what I mean? Like, what am I saying here? How is it representing? You know, I was, I mean, I was, I was shook, man. It, it, it rocked me. Um, and so, I mean, that's the story after that. I definitely, it definitely changed my view on some things. Uh, I don't think a lot of the answers that were given, um, I forgot. I think the ones that I needed for now, they come to me when I need them, I think, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of, that's kind of the story. (laughs) I found it really interesting there where you were saying how you were like asking for the veil to almost kind of come back in between you and in this other spiritual dimension because it's kind of almost uh, ironic that it kind of started off with you saying, oh, I'm going to take these, I'm going to take shrooms, I'm going to take some psilocybin so that I can experience the other side. And you kind of got what you asked for in a sense. And you were like, oh, shit, maybe I need to be careful about what I was asking for. Yeah. No, dude. I mean, that's exactly, I got way more than I bargained for all across the board. And, and, um, 
I mean, I wish I could find the words to explain it the best, you know, better. But the yeah, the best I can. It was it was just too much. It was it it was too much. I felt like God just plugged That's me wild. into a yeah. It was it was just. I don't know. You ever feel that that what, that do like? You think... you... Go ahead. No, I was just thinking like you ever had a point like you know when you like laugh so much it hurts, and you're like I want to stop laughing but my yeah. cheeks are hurting kind of thing. That's what it felt like, but in my entire soul being, you know, it was like, oh, this hurts. It's it's almost it's too much. Um, but it just kept coming, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it it's interesting. It it kind of seems like like there's this feeling of you know the it'll be shown to you whenever you're ready, or the answer will be shown to you whenever you're ready, and it and it sounds like it's almost. Cause this, cause this feels like it still ties back into what we were talking about earlier with like the insanity where that veil gets lifted too quickly on people, whether it's through drugs or some other mean, and it actually makes them go insane because they're not able to discern which level is tr- of truth is right for them at a given time. Do you feel like that's like a fair mm-hmm. way to uh, like uh, interpret that? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, so so the way and this is you know where I stand on it is I think there's there's legal access and there's illegal access, and I think the way that that like the spirit realm is the spirit realm no matter how it's accessed, and so the way I look at it is it's like there's a way like there's a way to to do something and then there's a way to do something that has repercussions. And so I think that that's one of the dangers of just being able to take take psychedelics. Anyone just like you know when you're fourteen, like I I know those kids that didn't come back that really did lose their mind on those trips. I know kids that called their police on themselves and you know got themselves in a lot of trouble having drugs and all this. I mean I I know that those stories and and so um, I think there's a level of like what you're saying where you're 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 accessing things you're not ready to handle because like you you know if you look at a a buddhist monk or something it's like they spend years meditating to get into these states preparing and 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 growing into it versus hey i'm gonna kick this door open and and i don't even know down from up but i'm here guys i think you can get taken advantage of i think the spirit the spirit realm is extremely real things can appear as one thing and really have another intention uh things can can lead you i think the wrong way and i think that that's where you kind of people come back from these things and they're not the same and um and you know i thank god that that hasn't been the case for me i mean i really really wonder sometimes how i've maintained so much of my uh you know mind um cuz i know i definitely could have been somebody that really just lost it um and so yeah i think that's what it is like when i look at it like um all right, let's say like you we we you have money, I have money. Let's say we're hanging out right now. You put $1000 on the table, I put $1000 on the table. And look, we both have the same money, it's just as useful. Um but it's like how did you get your money? And you're like, "Well, you know, I work for this business or this company. I own this company and you know, I work and and that's how I got." It. And I'm like, "Well, I robbed a bank." We still have the same money. Uh it's still just as useful, but with the way that I got my money, um there is uh, consequences. There's a uh, um, there's another mm. door that that it, it was the, a different door, and that's how I look at it now. That's my my like where I've landed at is that there is you can go and get information from the spirit realm, but I think the way that you go about doing it uh, 
there's a, a, a good way, a legal way, and a legal way. And that's kind of how I see it. That is interesting. How do you, because the, it's interesting, whenever I started smoking weed, the, the part in the Bible that always kind of stood out to me, that was my internal justification, if my parents ever caught me kind of deal, was uh-huh. where it says, you know, God says in Genesis that all the sticks and all the seeds and stems of this world or all the plants of this world are for you to use. So mm-hmm. how, how do you view that now given, you know, this entire earth change or earth changing, spiritually changing, life changing event, you know, and tied to weed, like how, or not weed, but shrooms. Like, how do you see that combination of like that text versus kind of how you're laying out here, right? Which I'm kind of, I'm on board with like this legal versus illegal or maybe more like appropriate way of accessing this information versus taking what could be seen as a shortcut route, kind of how you're putting this Mm -hmm. out there. Like how, like where's that dance between, okay, all of the plant life on this is for you, but then at the same time using it to access the spiritual information is kind of off limits. Like where is that? How do how do you see that given this entire situation? No, I think I think everyone's been there, especially anyone that's like been you know smoking weed or in the in in different things, and then like becomes a Christian at least. Um, you know, I think we've all been there. I tried to make weed. There was a point in my walk where I tried to make it okay. Like I really did, uh, and I, I probably used stuff like that to think it was okay. Um, and it's interesting because. There was a point a few years ago when um, I kind of—I guess you could say—I backslid. I kind of stepped away from God in a, in a lot of ways, and just kind of, um, I guess, like compromising certain things. And one of them was was that was, was smoking weed. I was still very much like reading my Bible, praying, but there were certain things I was like, oh, I think this is cool. You know, I think I can do this now. And so it was funny because I would hear God extremely clear when I would smoke. I would hear God's voice very clear, and it was like. Um, very quiet within myself. Um, but what was interesting is that God made it really clear to me that my destiny wasn't here. It was like, you, I love you. You're my son. It was like, you're, you still, you know, you, you could stay here if you want, but like everything, all the dreams I showed you, like all the stuff that, that I have planned for you is up here. And you can't come up here and and simultaneously stay down here. Like there has to be, you have to let go of this. And so it was interesting because God would meet me in that place, but it was never to allow me to stay there. And I remember that two things. One was I, I went on a fast, like I'm, I'm a man of fasting. Um, and I think like for one, I think that is one of the legal ways because you there's a work to it. There's there's a sacrifice. There's a suffering attached to it. It's like taking steroids versus going and working out. You know what I mean? It's like you, you take steroids to to work out versus doing it the the longer way. Um, it's the 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 the, the um, delayed gratification aspect of it. Um, and so uh, it was like I, I was I was basically on a, this fast, and I'm in this place of wherever I was at, you know, spiritually, I'm in a, in an elevated place and dude, I, I smoked weed and it felt like I just crashed a plane. Like I, it was the most crazy thing. I felt like I was literally walking in the clouds on earth 
And then I smoked a little bit, like literally to like two hits or some weed, not even really get high. And it felt like I just descended like 50 levels, bro. And I just felt my whole frequency, everything just, just, and go down. And then I felt like I was sitting in this little shell and I was like, yo, that's crazy. And so the way God showed it to me was like, at the end of the day, these things I don't know anybody. I know people have medicinal thing, and I'm not going to get into all that right now. But at the end of the day, these things, at least weed, changes my mind. It's it's always shifting your your mindset. I mean, it's just like there's no way for me. That's the way that it, God kind of cornered me with all this is that two things. It shifts. Your, the Bible says to be sober-minded. It shifts your mind. It changes your mind. Um, it changes your consciousness. It, it, I mean, the, there's no way really around that or else what's the point of even doing it? You know what I mean? Like, or there's no benefit in it because it's helping people shift their, their mindset. Um, so that was one way. And then two, I couldn't escape the fact that it's an idol. Anything that I feel like I need that's outside of myself makes me feel extremely mm. like I'm in idolatry. Like if I need to take mushrooms to have a spiritual experience, that seems like idol to me. If I need to smoke weed to have peace, that tells me that there's an underlying issue that really needs to get dealt with because these things are always just, just band-aids because if I don't like, have you ever been around someone that's like a, you know, I have all my, my uh, weed head friends and it's like, I used to work for this guy and dude, I mean, I'd go to his, to his house every morning. He would take his dabs and by 12 o'clock every day, he's starting to freak out. Like he's just getting irritable. He's in rush hour, hand slamming on his horn. He's, why? Because he needed he needed his little dab. You know what I mean. His his time was running out. Right. Any time that that my sanity or my 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 positivity, my like any time my best self is attached to something else, that makes me feel extremely weak and extremely like enslaved to that thing. It's a bondage. It's like so you're telling me I need to have that. You know what I mean? And so. And that's just for myself, you know, it's like God, like I can't see it any other way personally, you know, and so that's where I'm at with it. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. You definitely don't want to find yourself in a place where you're placing these external things on a pedestal because right. I mean, that, that just gives all your power to them. I feel like I see yeah. people do that all the time with certain news organizations or people or things and and that can cause so much turmoil, right? Especially, especially whenever it's, uh, what is it? It's like when people say, don't never meet your idols, you know? And I think yeah. it's, I think it's a, it's a little bit disingenuous, but I think the whole cornerstone is, is that they're human too. Right. And if you're yep, yep. saying you're placing everything to become this one person, it's like, well, you know, that one skeleton or that one imperfection, it's going to, shine through and that's whenever you're like oh shit like i shouldn't have put all my eggs in this basket whether it's a person yeah. a plant uh, uh anything you know so i think that, yeah. that that feels like kind of what you're touching on there yeah 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 no i think that's 100 percent what it is you know and uh yeah i just i i I don't, I don't like that. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I don't like that feeling of feeling like, and the other thing is even like, honestly, God showed me this on a, on even like the, the frequency level of a, what's it? I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. That, that chart where it's got the like frequency levels of, uh, of, of like enlightenment and then like anger, you know what I'm saying? And I yeah, was I like, the, I was the Daniel Hawkins, the Hawkins something like that. Uh, scale. I think. Yeah, the Hawkins scale. I think yeah. that's what it is. And and so he was even showing me within that that like 
if if everything has a a, a frequency uh, level, if everything you know everything on, on life has a, a vibrational scale or something, uh, that the marijuana plant apparently it free it has the frequency of like three hundred three fifty, and if that if you translated that to the scale, it's the place of acceptance. So I'm like, dude, that makes so much sense. If when I was extremely angry and I'm I'm lower than that and I smoke, now I'm in acceptance. So now I'm like, that completely makes sense. Of course, it was mm-hmm. it was raising my vibration in that sense. But if I'm up here, I'm I'm in fasting and prayer mode, and I'm 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 I mean I'm I'm topping out on this frequency chart here, and I know I'm walking in love and enlightenment in that sense. Uh, me to smoke, of course, it's gonna feel like I just crashed my ship. You know what I mean? And, and once I saw that, I was like, yeah. man, that makes a sense. Like I, I had I've surpassed that that you know place and um. And so it brings me lower. And so that when I saw that, I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense, too. Because um, it's interesting. If I tell you I, I feel peaceful right now and you say you feel peaceful, you know, what I mean, your idea of peace may be, you know, my idea of, of chaos or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like if, if we switch bodies and it was like, man, what, right. when you say you feel happy, what does it really feel like? You know what I mean? It's an interesting uh, perspective, you know. I always... I always saw that in terms of love like that. And that mm. kind of tripped me out for like a couple months where it was like, you know, how do I know that I'm truly feeling love? And, and it kind of came to me because I had talked to a couple females on the podcast who had been in abusive relationships. And it always struck me as very fascinating how people could find themselves in this relationship dynamic where there's an abusee and abuser. And, you know, both of them would say the words, I love you. And, and it, and it was always interesting to me how even like the modeling of love could have been warped in their minds of how like that energetic imprint, right? Like, like I'm sure like all of them today would say, yeah, that wasn't true love, but where they were in their mindset, they were embodying the, the truth of love in which the way they felt it. And it, that's kind of right. me exactly what you're saying is like, how do I truly know that I am quote unquote enlightened. Like I feel very at peace. I feel, you know, enlightened whenever I say things like the only thing I know is that I don't know, but how do I (laughs) not truly know (laughs) that there's a higher spot on that, on that frequency? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's huge. And that was one of the biggest things that, that stuck out to me when, with the, when I was going through my whole, you know, born again experience in the jail, was dude, I started thinking about all those times I was on shrooms and I was geeking my face off. And and I mean, I remember one time I was on acid and there's a group of us, and dude, we were talking in laughter. I mean, like like my one friend would laugh and we would all understand what he was saying and laugh back. It was it was pretty funny. But I mean, like at those times in my life, that was that was like top of the game primal joy. You know, like that was enlightenment in those moments. And dude, when I had this experience in jail where I was laughing like that and, and feeling peace and joy, I realized I was like, wow, I never had peace and joy. Like I looked at those moments and it looked like drinking creek water. It was like I was laughing just the same, but internally and externally, the the it was just way more crisp and pure. It was like there was always some negative connotation um, with it. It felt like kind of you know that feeling um, when you're at, at, in the in the ocean. I'm I'm scared of the ocean because I'm scared of sharks, man. Like I I just I, so for me like being out, I'll go out there. Don't get me wrong, Fair but enough. I won't stay long. <laughs> and like you know that feeling when you're out in deeper water and you, you feel your legs just kicking. 
you're like, dude, I have no idea what's underneath me right now. Like, like you know, you just feel like you're in these dark, murky waters. It's like, dude, there might be a 20-foot great white right underneath, you know. That's kind of how I always felt. It was like, man, there's For just sure. something behind there's something behind this shadow that I'm not seeing right now. But I mean, it looks cool. You know, that was kind of how it felt. And so that was one of the biggest things for me. Like, man, this joy is different. Like this, this piece is is different. Um, so yeah, definitely. And and I'm kind of curious, and since we're kind of touching on the idea of knowledge and wisdom in regards to, you know, this energy, whenever it comes to, you know, you're saying how God was basically just giving you all the answers that you were looking for and even just more wisdom than you physically could handle. Do you feel like since that experience, there have been times where, because I assume you didn't, you don't, you can't, I mean, I'm not going to say you can't possibly, but I assume that you don't consciously remember every single thing that he was telling you. But have there been times since that incident where somebody's asked you a question or you've been put in a situation and you just have like this instantaneous knowing that that information was given to you in that time, but you had forgotten about it since then? Not necessarily that it's been in that time, but I believe everything is already in our spirit. And so, like I said, it's getting our soul to get aligned back with our, our spirit, man. Um, I it, There's times that I just start, I'll say something that I know like didn't just come from me. You know what I mean? Like where I'm like, man, I didn't even really think that it just came from somewhere mm. deeper within myself. And I'm like, I definitely just pulled that out of my spirit, you know? And, um, I, I heard this, this one story that cracked me up where this guy, I guess this one, this one dude was speaking and he was talking about things and, you know, things of the spirit or whatever. And, and he, uh, was, I guess he was talking and, and there was this, I don't know if it was, it was some type of scientist, right? Like there's people there listening. And afterwards this scientist guy comes up to him and he says, where did you study? And he said, nowhere he said i'm a, you know i'm a preacher and he said well where what school did you st-? you know he's at he's like where did you get this information he said i don't know and he said he said the stuff you were talking about you know he downloaded it from the spirit but he's sitting there like he's like dude the stuff you were just talking about took me like 20 years to understand he's like i i, I went to this school for 20 years to understand this you know what i mean and this guy's just like i, I just pray you know you know <laughs> so it's it's like that i mean that's the truth man is it's like that's so wild you, the spirit in the spirit man you can everything's available in the spirit everything is out there all all wisdom and knowledge is, is out there you might not get like the earthly understanding of things of knowledge and history and stuff um but understanding the mechanics of the quantum field and stuff like that that's that's out there you can you, you know what i mean you you can get access to that and so it's funny that was a funny story to hear yeah just from yeah just from like a deep meditation you can kind of tap into that extra it seems like there's that extra layer so do you do you meditate now or like what what kind of are your spiritual practices if you will no i mean i'm i'm a man of prayer i'm big i'm praying in tongues i pray in tongues a lot um i do i'll do like extended prayers in tongues uh for, for you know for hours um but meditation is definitely a part of my life it's just different now um uh, beforehand when i meditated in more of like the buddhist understanding uh it was like you know i would i would just focus on my breathing um uh, i would focus on my breath or i'd focus on uh there was this one practice i liked where you basically count your breath in count your breath out and the idea is to basically you know you lose track of every thought and any time i'd get any type of thought of either whether it was acknowledging a scratch i had or acknowledging this or that I would start over 
and usually you can't really make it to 10. You know, usually something grabs you. And so I remember there was there was times where, you know, right. you, you lose yourself in the breath and I would start to go somewhere within that. Um, and and so now my meditation is more uh, it's more just quiet, just like and it could be a different way. Sometimes I'll just I'll read a scripture and I'll just meditate on that and just filter it through me over and over again. Um, sometimes I'll just sit in quiet and just be and just be still and just be, you know, listening for God's voice, um, acknowledging, you know, and I also acknowledge my breath in the sense of, of you know, breathing him in and, and, and resting in that. Um, so, yeah, it just it just looks, I think, a, a little slightly different in, in the sense of uh, beforehand, whether it was wrong or right, I always had a goal uh, kind of with it. Now it's just, I just, I just like to be, you know, and just be in a state of, you know, gratitude or whatever. So. Yeah, that's a pretty, that's pretty crazy. Cause you're actually talking about a lot of things that I'm either doing or have started doing recently. And so it's, it's kind of cool to hear those parallels of, of trying, of what appears to be the like there's like an underlying similarity that seems to transcend, I guess, most of the uh, things that I've discovered. Right. Because I mm -hmm. I've, I've kind of taken this approach where I'm trying to view the landscape that exists, right. Whether it's scientific, whether it's Christian, whether it's um, Hindu, whether it's Buddhist X, Y, Z, and try to see what those similar connections are there's connective pieces and it seems like you know what you're saying you know praying kind of calling out to god you know paying attention to your breath you know the breath work um you know meditating sitting still you know all of those seem to be the the cornerstone pieces of connecting to the higher power because it seems to me that mm -hmm. everyone's you know in agreement that there's a universal energy that connects all 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 things right and it seems like that those are the cornerstone pieces in in getting to that place of a, a deeper understanding or a higher, a place of higher enlightenment, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, and like I said, it ties back into really like, I think that, like I said, the spiritual realm is still real no matter what you view about it. And so um, I think the, you know, the ways that... Um, people kind of connect to it are all very similar because it functions within within our our body in in this you know 3D world it's its functionality is still very similar and so that's why i think there is definitely a lot and like i've wrestled with this multiple times and um you know i've kind of landed where i've landed uh as far as i i still very much like seeing the similarities and me as a christian one thing that i've noticed uh, you know, is that uh, I've noticed that a lot of people in other spiritual practices seem to actually overall seem to understand the spiritual world more than most Christians, because most Christians are still filtering this Bible knowledge and stuff through through um, the 3D. It's like they haven't got to the place where they understand how to translate it to to the the 5d or whatever you want to call it that the the spirit the they have they're still stuck in the law of do this don't do that you know what i mean 
And those things are true, but there's a spiritual reason behind them. And so it's like, I noticed that a lot of people that like, kind of, let's say, you know, I know people that were psychics or into this or that, and then they come to Jesus and they seem to get it really quick as far as they understand how to work with, with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they understood already, they already knew how to work with spirit. They were just following a different one. They're following, um, but it's still the same principles within getting into that door. You know what I'm saying? It's still the same avenues, I guess you could say. Um, and so that's really where I think a lot of the similarities go. I think just for me, um, I've realized that the spiritual world, I was deceived. I was encountering angel beings and light beings that I thought cared about me, but they were leading me to death. And so I think that's one of the dangers is that the Bible gives foundational um, guidelines. There's something to stand on. Whereas I feel like if you're just kind of just open to whatever, it's very easy to like, like, how do you know you're really talking to what you think you're talking to? How do you know that? The, you know what I mean? Like, and it seems there's too many, there's too many moving parts. Um, and that's kind of why I really stand on on the traditional, you know, Christian faith in the sense that um, I think the idea of just like, oh, I don't like that, you know, and I don't, I don't know if that's good or if that's healthy, you know. What I mean, I, 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 I understand why people like it. I understand why it's a thing, but just this whole idea of oh, I don't feel like that. I don't like that part. It's like this buffet of of uh, I like this religion, this part of this religion. I don't like that part, and. Man, like I, I trust me, I've wrestled with that a lot. Um, thinking that maybe, maybe this is all connected to the same God. You know what I mean? Like these are all different avenues to the same God. I've definitely wrestled with that. I've definitely thought that. I've definitely been there. Um, but just over the years, the one thing that God has made real clear to me is there definitely is a devil. Like there definitely is, you know and evil and and not to get like into dualistic mindsets or anything like not not to make it like that but when i realized there actually is something out there that is destroying people there's an unexplained evil in the world you know what i mean like we have people that are killing kids and raping kids like where does that come from you know like I, i'd love to hear like kind of your thoughts on that a little bit of like because when i started realizing i'm like man dude that's not normal that's not like oh i got angry and wanted to fight someone that's like you're surpassing a, a level of of deep like um desolation and just like you know what i mean and so i don't know what would you think like that kind of stuff comes from just barbarian you know like yeah i mean it's certainly barbaric at at a level right um it's definitely a difficult topic to discuss because i know that if anyone is listening and they've been a part of that that it's it can bring up a lot of emotion so guys that was the <laughs> our third cutoff uh we're having some wi-fi interrupted issues and so i think what joshua and i have both thought of and considered is that what we're going to do is, is just kind of make this the very first like foundation of our conversation and we're going to leave the door open then once because Joshua's moving soon. So he's going to set up in a new place with some Wi-Fi and then we'll revisit this conversation because I have a lot of questions about um, his story and about where to go with this. And honestly, maybe this is also powerful 
you guys, if you have questions for Joshua, go down into the description below, shoot me a message. Um, I, I know there's going to be like a questions and comments link. So click on that, shoot me a message, say, Hey, this is a question for Joshua. And so then next time when Joshua comes back on, we'll have my questions and we'll have some audience questions prepared for him as well. Um, so with all that being said, I know we kind of got cut off on the last question that Joshua had for me, but we're going to hold that as a cliffhanger for the next podcast that we do together. So in wrapping this up, Joshua, I always give the floor to my guests. Um, first of all, thank you for being on here. It was a truly an honor. It's great yeah. to connect with you. So I'll have all your links. Please reference those down below. But if there's anything you want to encourage the audience to do, anything you want to promote of your own, you know, I love leaving this time for the guest. So with that being said, the floor is yours. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you having me on here and, and um, you know, get let me, you know, share that story and, and share the space with you. Um, if you want to, you know, follow me, I have a TikTok at Joshua underscore Kingdom Priest. Uh, same with my, my Instagram. I have a, a YouTube, uh, Joshua Zatkoff. Um, I'm off and on with my own podcast called uh, Farewell to the Surface. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I appreciate just uh, coming into these places and, and having conversations. Like I, like I told you, you know, before we hopped on here, I'm very much open to to talking about different things. You know, I very much stand in, in my faith in, in Christ and, and, you know, I believe in that. Um, but I'm not uh, opposed to to having these conversations. And so it's always joyful for me whenever I can do them with somebody where it's like done respectfully. And this isn't, you know what I mean? It's not like no one's trying to like, you're wrong, I'm right. Like, look, I just, you know what I mean? I stand in my convictions, but uh, we can do this in a way. And so I appreciate that, you know, that so far we've been able to do that. And so uh, I look forward to continuing to do so. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I don't, I don't think anybody wins whenever you have those types of situations. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much, you know, in that same exact energy of just like, Hey, here's everything I've compiled from my life. Here's everything you've compiled from your life. Let's see where they overlap. Let's see where we disagree. If we disagree, why do we disagree? So mm -hmm. I definitely want to leave this open for a part two, as we can maybe dive a little bit more into your story. Let's see what questions the audience has and then kind of see how these like things intersect where are the things that we you know kind of jive and don't jive yeah. with so for sure super cool dude i'm already excited for that i know we have yeah. crazy technical difficulties here no clue what's going on but i kind of usually see it as spirit or god's way of saying that we've exhausted the conversation we were supposed to have today so with that being said, Joshua, thank you so much for being here. Guys, go check out all of his stuff. The links are down below. And hopefully you'll tune in for part two. I know it's going to be a juicy one. And yeah. if you don't, that's totally cool because we will all see each other in the sixth dimension.